everyone, and welcome to That Open Podcast, the podcast open to everyone, especially Steve Zahn. My name is Luke, I'm your host of the Never Open Podcast, and with me as always is Mr. Guy. Say hello, Mr. Andy. Hello, Mr. Andy. Hello, Luke. <laughs> do, you, do you take me for a fool? Do you think that mm-hmm. I don't see that ditch out in the valley that they're digging just for me? Luke, we're about to talk about night seven through nine of the G1 Climax 33, and fuck me. There's some good shit. We got some awesome stuff to talk about and some harsh criticisms as well. So all that and more coming soon on the Never Open Podcast, as well as stay tuned for one-star Google reviews for Oda City Gymnasium. So we got all kinds of fun stuff for you guys today. It's going to be a blast. That's right. Uh, no real AEW talk because uh, Collision hasn't been on yet and there's no Jay White to talk about. So there won't be any <laughs> any of that. <laughs> that's, that's, all, that's all i want to do i want my jay white corner and i'm happy <laughs> uh and not really much news i guess unless it's uh g run related there's probably things here and there but i don't know anyway uh there's ways people can interact with us and contact us if they wish to uh, if you haven't bailed on x yet we're on it fucking x god damn that's a fucking shit name anyway i'm like why well, have it named x on the internet what is x so never mind uh, but there are ways you can interact with us on x i'm at grumpy 2 eb mr guy is at drusifer tweets collectively we are at never open pod and if you'd like to send us a written or voice email you can do that never open pod at gmail dot com also there's been lots of pay-per-views lately It'd be nice if you could help us out a little bit, but get something awesome in return. We have a Teespring store where you can buy shit that make you look never as fuck. Yeah. If you got any of that, thanks, Monet. Help us out. <laughs> How are you feeling, Luke? We're, what, uh, nine nights into the G1. How's your stamina feeling? Like, how are you doing with life? Are you, are you like yelling at loved ones and stuff like that on accident? Have you, you know, is your personality changing at all? Or are you just rock and roll? Do you remember TV? Hi, hi, I remember TV. These shows are all on uh, prime time-ish for me. So it's all like prime TV time. So, uh, hey, Luke, uh, did you watch this? Hey, Luke, did you watch that? Unless it's Strange New Worlds. No. <laughs> uh, so, uh, to be honest, it's a little exhausting, but I feel like the Special Super Juniors was uh, way more intense, and this is a little bit better spaced out. Uh, like, like this, as if they wanted to rush through the Best of Super Juniors, but they're giving this a bit more time, which uh, I wish I gave both time, to be honest. But uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm all right. I, I, I do. I will admit, though, and. You'd, I don't know if you'd agree or not, but I felt like I was kind of snarky a little bit last night. Maybe not on the Tweety, but definitely with you. And I was just like, I'm enjoying this wrestling, but why is everything I'm writing to Andy a bit snarky? I don't What's know. That? Okay. I don't, I don't know. know. I, 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 I enjoyed the felt show quite a bit, more. so I don't know. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. Uh, I just wish people would be like, hey, uh, oh, look, Game Kid and Kato Kimi already spent 20 minutes on the outside. Maybe we don't need to do that again. Uh, but uh, otherwise, <laughs> I've had an enjoyable time <laughs> most of the time, except maybe when Tongle was wrestling. But uh, oh my God, we get to cover two of his matches. So how do you feel? You're a big time <laughs> hater, Tongle. We'll see if he's improving or not. You know, uh, I'm excited to find out. 
you know, I'm not going to prejudge him, even though I've already seen it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see what my notes say later, because honestly, I don't remember half these matches off the top of my head. I need reminding because yeah. there's like 30 of them and, you know, they take place early. I mean, thanks for asking me, by the way. You know, I oh, yeah. am v- very tired. Uh, you know, today is going to be like a 16, 17 hour day for me. So that's what uh, the G1 does for me. But at the same time, I really enjoy it. I feel motivated. Um, you know, I don't feel like exhausted. I'm tired, but I'm not exhausted, if that makes any sense. So yeah. I, I know you're really wondering how I was feeling. So I just want to make sure that I was with you. Mm-hmm. I know you were. That's because you. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't ask you the same question back, uh, I forgot. So, uh, <laughs> but I do want to yeah, I know the answer. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hard to forget things that are important to you. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. One little point I might make just here because it doesn't really affect the matches at all. It's something I kind of like. I've noticed a little bit more from the commentary team, and that's uh, Kevin's uh, interacting with the young lines a little more, just in tiny little ways, nothing to affect uh, him calling the matches or anything like that. But I do find them amusing and, and a little funny, so uh, I like it. But well, uh, yeah, yeah. we're you know he's he's doing that because he's used to having no one there, but for these three shows he has somebody with him. That's right. Uh, Chris Charlton's taken time out of his busy work schedule <laughs> to commentate uh, these three shows with Kevin. But uh, it's like he's got his like dream career and his dream job at the same time. Man, he must be living quite the life, Mr. Chris Charlton. Good on him. But yes, it is uh, night seven of the G1 Climax. <clears throat> you I try know, to do folks, that like a ventriloquist. I mean, they, they really should buy a t-shirt because they don't know how many o-rings we have to replace every time we do that you know what i mean we are blowing <laughs> an o-ring every time we do that for you. For... see yeah. there goes another one those are expensive <sighs> that's right <laughs> so usually this is when i'd be like oh we're at this place do you want to talk about this place but uh, we don't need to do that for the first two nights it's corican everyone knows corican and we start with the B block. It is the Great Okan versus uh, Billy Osprey. And uh, Great Okan, he's like, all right, uh, right Osprey, hit me. <laughs> so he invites hits, and of course Osprey's going to take it. He's going to hit him. And Billy's like, all right, I got, I got New Japan machismo. You, you take your shot as well. Mongolian chops. <laughs> Instead. Then a, like a huge back body drop in a vertical suplex, which is fun. Greater Khan then grounds uh, Osprey, which is probably a great idea because uh, he's he's a fast-moving, high-flying kind of guy. But uh, <laughs> I like this. Greater Khan, he's also like, look, you're my leader, but I'm going to sit on you in the corner like I do every motherfucker. Get, <laughs> get out of here. And uh, Osprey's like, nah. She wiggles out of it, jumps up, Frankenstein. <laughs> so that's kind of fun. Uh Osprey, he, he runs for an Oz cutter, but he, there's a sheep killer, and uh, Greater Khan just dumps his ass on the outside. Boom. Just like throw. That was great. Just, just yeeted him right out. <laughs> he did. Awesome. That's what the kids say. The yeets. <laughs> yeah. Good. I'm cool now. I said the yeets. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> then he takes uh then he takes uh Will Osprey bowling. Uh Great Ukan then uh, chumps the ref the fuck out and uh uses a chair on Osprey. Lots of uh chumpenings happening these three nights, by the way. Lots of them. Though I still think the best chumpenings happening with uh 
well, with Marty, as they always do. Uh, Greater Khan throws the ref uh, uh, towards uh, Osprey and then uh, spits mist into Osprey's eyes <laughs> after dodging a hidden blade. That was great. Like, he, these two guys should do a bit of this, like a bit of knowing each other because they're on the same team. I like it. Greater Khan, uh, he gets close, man, so close. And I really like uh, Osprey bumping all over the place and making his teammate look like a bajillion dollars which is awesome. And uh, we get to see Greater Khan get most of his shit into. So hell yeah. But uh, Osprey manages the Oscutter, then the leap of faith from the top rope for the win. And then they do a handshake and a bit of a hug afterwards. Quite nice. I liked it. Really good opener. Yeah. I, it was pretty neat to see Greater Khan do some different things. He's been, you know, uh, busting out different moves like Ishii. For example, in this match, he's like, oh, you do flippy flops? I'm going to do a moonsault. He hits a fucking moonsault. <laughs> I love that. That was fun. Um, also, interesting note. I've seen so many people try to do the standing Frankensteiner thing. And it's like at the very tippy top of the limit that a human can jump to do that move. And it never quite looks perfect, you know, unless you're Kevin. Um, who's Kevin who's Knight. the guy yeah kevin knight's like the only guy i've ever seen do it where it looks like fucking clean and even will osprey it didn't look that great you know so i don't know about that move it was just it like took me back because i just the indies man all these wrestlers just to try that every week at this place i used to go and it just never looked good <laughs> so i had a flashback that was fun but uh anyway you wish great okan could win that match but you understand why he can't you know it makes sense so Next, yeah. Luke, we have two young guys. It is Shota Umino versus Gabe Kidd. It's more Dojo Wars. Only, you know, last week I mentioned that Dave, or that Gabe Kidd is like a L.A. Dojo guy, and he kind of isn't. He's he's like, uh, you know, he was a young boy in Japan before Japan. he started. Yeah. yeah, so he's kind of a hybrid a little bit. And uh, that's interesting because, you know, Shota Umino is straight up Japan. So, and uh, anyway, so this, this, fucking uh match starts with a canamora gambit right but here's where it's at is that it's at the beginning we see you know showed umino he's doing his entrance he's gonna you know get all get over with babies you know and he's in the balcony up there and fucking gabe kid comes running out of nowhere and attacks him right <laughs> <laughs> i love that that's what that should great. have happened at the start of this match and i was so glad that i got it <laughs> yeah yeah and and the bell rings and kid hits a lariat for two they fight on the apron and gabe kid hits a fucking brain buster on the apron and it's tremendous man so there's all kinds of heat on show to Umino and the crowd gets behind him, but they kind of cheer everything because they also like Gabe Kidd because he grew up there, you know, in a lot of ways. Remember, yeah. he used to show show his socks had a little color on them and he had that secret heel look and then Minoru Suzuki would beat him up all the time. You know, I mean, it was, it was a blast. I remember those days. Gabe so. Kidd was that secret shifty heel. We used to say it every week, yeah. <laughs> every episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, Not so much you know. Now. Shota Umino comes back with, uh, you know, his running uppercut, and he uh, he still has his entrance pants on, too, which is a nice touch. So that's fun. <laughs> he does the, uh, <laughs> what is it, Blackpool Combat Club elbows, and yep. uh, Shota, he gets a bunch of his shit in, and it's pretty good. They fight to the top rope, and Gabe Kid picks Shota up, hanging him in the corner. I love this spot. So... He's got him in kind of like a front, like headlock type deal, but he picks him up and just hangs him. And it looks 
I mean, looks like the the most insane thing you could possibly do to someone in in a fucking ring without using a weapon i mean it is extremely violent in the best way possible i love that man so it's really scary it's awesome looking and hangman moves like that man they're missing like guys like big guys should do it fucking what about um you know hikaleo doing something like that from a standing position man it's just it's such a cool move anyway so gabe he's like Fuck you, Shota Umino, and he spits on him, and he wants strikes. The crowd does not like that, but they kind of do. <laughs> so there's an exploder, but we don't get to see the ring bump because of the stupid camera angle they keep doing in New Japan now where they're, you know, facing – the camera is looking right at the crotch, basically, of the person giving the the – you know, suplex. So we get to see him and his crotch, but we don't get to see the person bump on the other side. And I wish they quit doing mm. that. But – you know, ignition. Uh, oh, yeah. And then there's bullet. Cl- oh, wait, where are we at here? So, um, yeah. OK, so I missed a little bit. There was like some bullet club shenanigans that's countered uh, and blocked. Um, you know, Shoda gets that fire up and they do all kinds of reversals and there's a rep distraction. That That's where we get that sweet backdrop suplex that I mentioned before. Um, and then there's back chops from Kid. Those are illegal. You are not allowed to do those. So Shota, he's like, fuck you, hits that package suplex thing, Death Rider for the win. Shota's bleeding from the face by the end of the match. He looks like a badass. He visits some children on the way out and hopefully terrifies them. I I have not been disappointed or not kind of wowed by every single Gabe Kid match. Like, he's been great. And Agreed. I, I, it just goes to show that it, I've seen it many times where – a young wrestler has handcuffs on him. He's not allowed. I mean, we see it's, it's part of the system in new Japan, but I've seen it, you know, in person many times and maybe they go to a different promotion and that promotion is like, yeah, do whatever the fuck you want. And all of a sudden these wrestlers bloom and you're right in front of your eyes. And that's what we're seeing with Gabe kid. It's, it's great. The handcuffs are off and look what we get. It's tremendous. Yeah. I thought this match was never as fuck. I loved it. Uh, that package suplexes, do you mean the one where kind of like Shooter catches Gabe in like a bear hug and then like suplexes him? Is that the right. move? Because yeah. I was just like, what the fuck? And this was just like after a really cool suplex uh, spot uh, by both men, you know, they're suplexing each other and shit. So, yeah, I think Shooter for me is like this perfect mix of he can do the, you know, the the classic New Japan style. But then he can also do the uh, more brutal, never as fuck kind of style too. So I like that versatility with Shooter. And Gabe Kid, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, like, from, from like one of my favorite promos at the press conference to carrying that through and being like one of the standouts of one of the, of the tournament, just of, of all the new people. Like just, yeah, he's incredible. I like him a lot, and he's like what 25, 26. That's as fucking bonkers to me, man. Awesome. Yeah. Luke, he's my dog for real, bruv. <laughs> for real, bruv. Mm-hmm. Do something. Do something, bruv. Do something. Do something. Yeah, that's uh. Yeah. Anyway, B block. We have Tai Chi versus Kenta. I do like this. Before the match starts, we get one of the most amazing duets i've uh, ever seen it's tai chi singing his uh, his song for everyone watching in the crowd and at home while kenta with his defy belt is standing 
you know, they're back to back, and he's like playing his belt like a guitar and just dancing. Yeah. He plays bass. He plays bass. That's well established, you know, because when Tanahashi would play guitar, Kenta would always play bass. So this is air bass that he's playing. We get a back-to-back duet. Unbelievable. Absolutely. And then uh, Kenta was like, hey, that went well. Too sweet. And Taiji's like, no. (laughs) And, uh, you know, and the the bell rings and stuff, and Kenta's like, my belt's better. Taiji's like, Come on, man. Bitch, are you for real? My belt's better. Nah, my belt's better. And I've missed some of this, mostly because, you know, Tai Chi and uh, Sonata are now in the same faction, so they don't need to kind of do this kind of stuff together anymore. So this gave me Tai Chi Sonata vibes where they would have a peck-off, push-ups kind of thing at the start of it. This is a little different because they're having a belt off. And uh, Kent is just like, nah, nah, nah. Oh, yeah, Katamaru. Come in here. Come in here. Get in here. You got to be the judge. I'm like, Kenta, I don't think that's a good idea, man. Like, he's going to, like, no matter what, he's choosing Tai Chi. I'm sorry. Also, I like how Kenta rag, rags on the blue belt. And I'm thinking, like, really? With your highlights? It kind of matches, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's also against the law to leave commentary. So, like, Kanemaru, I mean, I couldn't believe it when he did that. I couldn't believe it. That's right. Uh you know, so uh, obviously, Katamara's like, yeah, Taichi wins, man. And I think, you know, the crowd agrees. And Ken just gets all pissed and tosses Katamaru out. He hits Taichi <laughs> with his belt. Ah, and then the bell rings. Sorry. I like how both men are, I like how a lot of the matches don't start because they're all fighting on the outside. And then they come in, then the bell rings. But I like how both <laughs> men were in the ring, ready to go. And the ref's like, yeah, I'm going to let this uh, belt off play out first. And then, uh, then I'll ring the bell. I want to see who wins this. Like, the ref's like, I have no power over this, but I'm curious. All right, I'll allow this. So, uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, uh, the bell rings. Taichi's been hit with the belt. It's, and the match is almost over. GTS, oh, no, dangerous. Yes. And, uh, oh, no, Kenta. Come on, man. That's not acceptable in 2023. He removes Taichi's pants. Oh, no. <laughs> That takes uh, his power away, man. That's, that's like I cutting think, Samson's hair. And uh, whoever the ref for this match is, I think it might be Kenta Sato. He needs to learn how to do an O'Connor roll. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, Taichi goes to do that on Kenta, and Kenta grabs Kenta Sato to do the O'Connor roll, and his roll is bad. <laughs> but that's Aww. okay. The point gets across. <laughs> Kenta... Kenta does something really clever too. Uh, he, he, he grabs the belt and Taichi's like, yeah, I'm going to fuck you up. And Kenta just blocks it. And Taichi's like, ah, oh, my leg. And then uh, low blow and Kenta wins. Now, he didn't do all of his conventional cheating. He used it a little bit more creatively. I'm going to, oh, his leg is one of the most valuable weapons Taichi has. Clonk. One, two, three. Uh, this was fun. I liked it. Uh, I probably would have liked it more if Taichi won, as I'm sure you're probably going to say the same thing. But thanks for that. Uh, this was a good time. That's all right. Yeah, Kenta matches are great. And, you know, I don't know. I, I love this. I had a fucking blast watching it. And yeah. I thought Ken, I thought the referee did a pretty good job. Because, like, they did the O'Connor role, but, like, 
they made the ref roll right next to him basically by grabbing his arm, you know, and it was almost like all three of them were rolling right in a row. And it pretty, <laughs> I don't know. I thought that looked pretty cool. I was, I was, and uh, I enjoyed that quite a bit. So it was fun. Um, but uh, yeah, taking Tai Chi's pants off is just like back chops illegal. So uh, anyway, canceled. yes. Uh, next match is <laughs> Suji versus Chase Owens. That's Yoda Suji. And uh, we get one of the most difficult Kanemura Gambits that you can do, the front-facing variety uh, from uh, Chase Owens, which is, I mean, that's the hardest one you can do. So this is an interesting <laughs> match because it's immediately heat on Suji. So we got babyface Suji in this match. That's fun. You know, this is like, this is kind of like uh, one of those situational um you know alignment things that we get all the time in new japan and it's really fun to see with a young guy like this so this is great so there's all kinds of heat on suji he comes back after getting beat up on the outside for a while he hits a moonsault and throws chase back in the ring i don't know how they got out there but oh oh he hit out moonsault on the outside that's why it happened so right. we get some fun canadian reversals through the ropes folks and chase runs through his offense getting the crowd behind you know, suji it's great uh, Chase has Suji's number at every turn, though. He's a veteran. You know, he's been in this tournament many times. He's a multi-time champion, as much as you may not want that to be true, everyone out there. It is true. And they do this really <laughs> cool thing that we've probably seen from Suji before, but I don't remember it necessarily, where he's in the corner facing out, and someone is kind of on, on their knees, like, you know, making a table. And so as they're trying to get up, he grabs them and like he's going to do the Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, neck crank. But he does like a curve stop out of it type deal. And that's really neat. So we get to see that for the first time. I Or maybe not the first time, but first time I noticed it and was able to put it in words. But, uh, you know, of course, Chase, <laughs> Chase Owens cuts him off. Um, he hits Suji's ugly face. Yeah, he he. He hates Suji's ugly face. Excuse me. Remember that uh, movie from like 20 years ago where the guy said, I hate your face. Remember that? It's a funny movie. It's called Grandma's Boy. Remember that? Well, we're going to. Oh, yeah. I make, like that movie. We're going to make that. We're going to make that joke in this. Um, so he does that. And then uh, Chase counters a spear with the C trigger. And it looks fucking awesome because Suji just gets kneed in the face while he's flying through the air. It's yeah, tremendous. Nolly. So uh, there's a jewel heist for two and then a nice little back and forth here. And Suji hits his own knee strikes, which is pretty cool. There's a strike exchange and Suji gets his headbutt, which is always kind of one of his big moves. Running curb stop for two. Chase fights back, though. But Suji hits a spear and gets the win. So uh, pretty cool match. I really enjoyed this. I thought this was fun to see babyface Suji and to see him kind of in that in that spot and to see him hit some innovative offense with a, you know, a veteran who can be where he needs to be. Yeah. I thought this was great. Also a little bit of suspense for this match because I haven't seen Yoda Suji with a singles win yet, which kind of crazy to me. Yeah, so that's true. It, it, so it fed into this match where I'm like, Oh man, he hasn't done well so far. I mean, his wrestling has been great, but I mean, school wise, he hasn't done well so far, but, uh, no, so uh, I like that. So they gave me that extra bit of kind of tease there. Uh, one nitpick about Yoda, though, that I'll make right now. He has so much cool, innovative-looking offense that it's kind of lame that his finisher is just a spear. Is it a good spear? Yeah, sure. But, you know, he's got so much really interesting, fun, innovative offense that it's kind of weird for me to see him just 
do a spear. <laughs> it, I, I, is that his finisher? I mean, I know it, it finished this match, but like, yeah. it, you know, what is, is his finisher? Just, this is the only yeah. match he won, so. <laughs> right, so I guess it must be, but I don't think, I mean, I feel like that it's, I, we saw him like wrestle in tag matches and hit, uh, you know, maybe something else to finish a match. I could be wrong, but I hope, I, I'm just saying, I hope you're wrong about that because you're right. That would be dumb. Yeah, but and I do remember Kevin saying something like, when Yoda says he spears you, you stay down, and that's kind of what happened in the match. And I'm like, oh, so but really he did this weird curb stomp thing. He's got awesome dives. He's got all this – he's got this awesome – like, I feel like he's got that kind of New, New Japan style. I could see this guy in C-Block and just crushing it. Just he was like Shooter probably could too, or Gabe Kid. You know, he's got – He's got a versatility about him I really like, so it's kind of odd to me that with all that versatility and innovation, uh, he's got a spear finisher. So, but I mean, you know, maybe maybe he'll turn around and I don't know. It's he. The, it's I guess the lariat was taken by like twenty other guys. So. <laughs> I guess. So. Yeah. Hey, maybe a German <laughs> suplex. Oh no, we've got like three wrestlers that do that. <laughs> How about a hold? Wait a second. Zack Saber Jr. uses every hold to finish matches. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> so yeah this was it was awesome and it was really cool to see yoda suji get a win uh and uh yeah so next we have b block action uh, well it's a b block match anyway it is el fantasma versus tongaloa <laughs> oh no this match isn't bad i'm i'm, I'm sorry no. i'm just uh i'm just being a douche but uh el fantasma wants topless tongaloa and i'm like wow this would be an even better moment if Tongaloa didn't just randomly take his shirt off in a previous match. Tongaloa, what are you doing? Can't sell your legs, and this was the time to take your awesome rack out. Um, anyway. <laughs> after some uh, after some teasing, though, light, fun, playful teasing, Tong- and uh, Tongaloa gets his top off. All right, here's what I would have done. I would have had all people, all three men, uh, Tamu Tonga, uh, sorry, Tongaloa, El Fantasbo, and Marty Asami, he's reffing this, uh, with shirts on. Tongaloa won't take his off. And El is like, dude, it's cool. I'll take mine off. Hey, safe space. It's all good. You know, that kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. And Tongaloa's still like, no, nah, I don't know, man. Mm, I don't know. And then El Fantasbo's like, Marty, shirt off now right, right and then marty removed his shirt and now the ref's topless for the whole match <laughs> i would have thought that would be i like i wish they did that like one little extra step because i mean this match turns out to be a lot of fun but i i just you know that that's what popped into my head and i was like oh marty come on man i want to see your uh your bitching rack too so <laughs> <laughs> yeah of, there was more you could have you could have had a ref bump where Marty gets has to take the purple nurples. I mean, you could there could have been so yeah. many amazing things. You're right, that would have been awesome. Like ELP is going for the the purple nurple and Tungalo's like ah uh-uh, puts puts Marty in there and Marty's like exactly. ah. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, so by the way, it wouldn't surprise me if as they were having this match, Alpha and like ah oh, here's some stuff I could probably do in future. But uh, I don't know how many more singles matches you're going to have with uh, Tongalo or maybe the tag or something. I don't know. Anyway, I like this match is a lot of fun. They fight the crowd. There's a lot. I think, right, if 
anyone who's like me and might be getting a little frustrated at times, not all the time, but sometimes at all of the crowd brawling, I just want to remind everyone that this is the first cheering, full-on, we-can-do-all-the-normal-stuff pre-COVID G1 that they've had, right? So they haven't been able to do a lot of this stuff and pump the crowd up like this and interact with the crowd like this in a G1 for, like, well, three years, right? So I get it. I understand it. And that, and uh, just so in case listeners are just like, why are they doing that? That's because they can. I know that's a lame answer because they can, but that's why they're doing it. And uh, they do a fun part of this here because there's an old doctor that's uh, sitting there and ELP tells the old fart to get the fuck out of the way. And uh, <laughs> and Alfred Tazway gets up on the up in the crowd, up on one of the things and just dives onto Tongaloa. And Al Fantasmo does absolutely everything he can to make uh, Tongaloa look awesome. And at times I also almost believe that it's true as well. So uh, <laughs> there's one one part of this match where uh, Tongaloa is sitting on the top rope. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he's supposed to pick Al Fantasmo up for the super powerbomb. And uh, he, he, I think he must have said something, Alpha Tasmo, because he tries it, he can't do it. And Alpha Tasmo's like, dude, no problem. Dude, I can roll with the punches, I can improvise. Because he stands up, does two kind of integuri kicks to uh, uh, Tongaloa's face, so it doesn't look like he just jumped up for the for the move. And then he jumps up, boom, super power bomb. And I'm like, Alpha Tasmo fucking awesome and i like it when a wrestler can help out another wrestler like i don't know i'm not saying uh lol was bad in that position like he was just like uh, maybe i wasn't sitting right or something hey i can't do this kick me in the face boom i like when things like that kind of happen and they kind of fix it and it moves on so al fantasmo he bombs like crazy and he gets his first win with a crucifix pin and i'm so happy because al fantasmo won and he gave this match a fun factor that kind of carried through all of it. So, yeah, cool. Another Tongalawa match I liked. So it's not just blanket shitting on him, even though I did kind of shit on him a couple of times while recapping this. <laughs> when ELP first showed up, I feel like that I just always thought he was kind of like low effort guy. Like he just, yeah, all this shit looked awesome, but he just did it. You know what I mean? That's kind of how I felt about him when he first showed up in New Japan. That's been years now, obviously. And I don't feel like that way about him anymore. I feel like that, you know, and this is, I felt this way a long time, but I feel like that he's one of the highest effort guys, you know, physically out there in the heavyweight division. I mean, he is, especially yeah. in this match. Oh my God, you're so right. How much like work he's putting in here, you know, and Tongaloa does his part for, you know, as, yeah, he does. as I could tell. I mean, you know, I thought the, especially like the power moves, like towards the end of the match just looked incredible. And part of that was, you know, ELP bumping like a crazy person, but also it was Tongaloa being where he needed to be and having good timing. So, you know, he, it, it worked out great. Also, we had a great call from Kevin Kelly. So there is that doctor that's always at the Kurgan Hall shows and he kind of sits in a way. He always sits somewhere where he's in the fucking way, always. And it's like, it's just funny because you feel like that he is trying to get his shit in, this doctor. You know, it's kind of like that little bit. It's like he's trying to go into business for himself, make sure he's in the camera shot. But 
Kevin Kelly had a funny uh, joke about him. He said that, uh, you know, that is Dr. Such and Such. He is entering his 400th year of practicing medicine this year. So <laughs> wasn't wasn't a creative one, but it was a good one. So that was Yeah, and, and I bet you for like 300 of those years, he was still using like leeches and shit for mental illness or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that doc, that's true. That doctor, he's like, oh, we got to. It, like, well, ELP bleeds on the next night. He's like, good. That'll make your humorous level out. You know, that's what he was telling me. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> we also did have a while back during Best of the Super Juniors. I think it was Akira who jumped over that dude and almost, like, kicked him in the face. And Chris Charles lost his mind. It couldn't speak for, like, Jeez. 30 seconds. <laughs> that was great. So, anyway, that's tremendous. Next match, Luke, is some more young guys. It's more dojo wars and this is la dojo wars with a little bit of uh, you know japanese dojo wars as well it's ren narita versus hikaleo so you know ren narita the smaller opponent here and you know when you're wrestling someone who is gigantic and strong you got the problem of well i have to be close to him to attack him but also have to be close to him to attack him you know, so it's it's a double-edged sword, and they kind of do a little bit of that in this match here. So, because Ren Narita, he kind of avoids Hikaleo's attack for a bit at the beginning, and then he's trying to, like, knock the big man down using speed, and, you know, his kind of, he's a little faster than Hikaleo, but big boot, Hikaleo takes control. Ren gets a low bridge, and that's interesting, because later on in another Hikaleo match, the low bridge doesn't work, so he's learning. So it only took 300 of them and finally figured out how to stop the low bridge. <laughs> I don't care low if you're bridge. a fast learner or a slow learner, as long as you learn. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. You know, um, learn, yeah, because I am very slow learning. But anyway, um, yeah. Renderita, he gets that low bridge, like I said, and he and then, uh, you know, they throw each other into the guardrails. And Hikaleo throws Ren all over the fucking place in the ring, outside the ring. It's great. There's a snake eyes, but it's countered by a rear naked choke, which is a really cool spot. Hikaleo, uh, he backs into the corner, though, of course, because that's the only way you can get out of that. If you're a big man and gets a power slam for two. Then he gets snake eyes, lariat, brain buster. Looks fucking great. This match is very similar story wise to the last match that we watched, though. So, you know, it's kind of the same thing we just watched where it's like the big guy and then the smaller, faster guy kind of trying to use that to counter the big guy's strength and stuff so but it's fine Renderita, he finally dodges some stuff and he hits his running neck breaker thingy russian leg sweep for two now he puts on a frankly awful looking leg lock um and then he re he, he what's to say he retries oh he retries to get the renderita special which was he was trying to get on but it's quite a struggle doesn't quite work um, he finally does it, but Hikaleo is so long, he's already at the ropes for rope break. So Renderita, he almost dies uh, the same way that K Gabe Kid almost died on that power slam. And then Hikaleo gets the proper power slam, choke slam, Hikaleo wins. Boo. You know what's funny? I, I feel like I was saying, like, I should do stuff with Hikaleo. This guy beat Jay White. And then I watch him beat Renderita. I'm like, no! <laughs> <laughs> he can't win with me, man. <laughs> oh, but yeah, it, look, uh, I like this match. It, it's fine. It is, yeah, you're right. Uh, they should have seen like the previous match and been like, should we do a couple of things differently? Nah, no one will notice. But, uh, you know, <laughs> two dickheads doing a podcast are definitely going to notice. <laughs> Bring it up. This is our job. So, yeah. But look, 
you know, at the time of watching this, I'm like, really? Hikalaya won this? But in hindsight, I'm like, that's a kind of surprise finish. Don't you like those? Yeah, I do. So shut the fuck up. Okay. Now, <laughs> is this what goes be, on in your head? Oh, like, dude. I hear voices in my head. Why, me, 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 me. Yeah, why is it in a bag? He pooped in a bag. Oh yeah, I remember that. Um, you it's should, uh, you should like come up with a new voice that's in your head. I think your voice, the voice that's in your head, should be Marty Asami, going like, no, 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 no. I think that's what it should be. Or you know, maybe Chris Charles. You know. Uh, uh, nah. I can't. I can't sound that nerdy. Maybe I can. But not a bit. I don't know. Uh, yeah, Simpsons probably. Character. How about that? There, should, there you there go. We go. Yeah, we all yeah. for that. Challenge accepted. All right. Uh, yeah. So oh, that was my bad auto impression. But anyway, next we have a B block oh. match. This is an interesting match. Uh, you mentioned something in this match that kind of like I was like, yep, I definitely see it. And uh, uh, since I'm covering it, I'm going to mention it before you. <laughs> Sorry. But uh, this match is like chess to me and when i say that it's like it's like seeing two guys at different levels you see one guy who over the last couple of years has improved but say he's he's improved a lot at chess so he's gone from 2000 to 2400 unfortunately this match that he's having right now is against the highest ranked chess player in the world and this is just going to be a fucking easy win snooze fest for mr okada now, I'm not saying it's a bad match or anything, but what you what you will see here, and Mr. Andy put this perfectly, is uh, Yoshihashi's in top gear, and uh, Okada hasn't passed the third gear, and that's the match. Like, this is Yoshihashi being like, oh, shit, I'm wrestling Okada. I have to do everything but the kitchen sink or it's not going to work. And Okada's like, yeah, you ain't shit. I know you're in my team. I'm going to chump you out, money clip your ass, and be a total dickbag and uh, just beat the shit out of you. With, uh, and yeah, then, you know, then you see that dichotomy of, like, uh, fucking Yoshihashi absolutely drenched and dripping with sweat. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I don't think I needed to see Okada actually grab anyone's towel and uh, wipe himself with it because uh, I don't think he perspired at all. So either his deodorant was good or... More realistically, it's Yoshihashi, and I'm the greatest wrestler on the planet, and you're fucked. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. And uh, of course, you know, rain. I thought Okada would be an absolute dickbag, uh, and uh, you know, money clip Yoshihashi to to the finish. But uh, and hey, it's not without, you know, not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, he he did. Screw over Tanahashi. Was it with a money clip? No, it was a rainmaker. But, you know, he's screwing over his friends and people he has titles with before. By the way, you can also tell uh, uh, Yoshihashi, he's proud to be a champion. You know, it's a tag title belt. It's a good belt. He's proud of it. Okada's like, eh, I don't need this stank belt. Everyone knows I'm the best. I'll just come out. Mind you, Tanahashi and Ishii also don't come out with those yeah. stank belts. And I'm like, why have those belts if your champions aren't going to come out wearing them? Fine. But I like this match. I love what you said because uh, I was having trouble articulating it. And after you said that, I was like, yeah, yeah, it's it's absolutely spot on. Uh, Rainmaker, uh, Okada, of course, <laughs> defeats Yoshihashi. I yeah. think it's not just that Yoshihashi's in fifth gear. He's in fifth gear and he's redlining it. And fucking Okada's in third gear, you know, with 
2,000 RPMs. Just in his oh, in his so brain, Yoshihashi's right, brain, man. in his in Yoshihashi's brain, Scotty's like, we can't hold on much longer, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> He's Whereas Akata's just shot. like the Borg ship that's deflecting everything perfectly fine and it's normal. <laughs> <laughs> just giving it all she got, you know. Yeah, you're right. And uh, I thought this match was awesome, though. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And it reminded me so much, and it was a little less extreme, but it reminded me big time of Captain New Japan versus uh, Okada <laughs> at the an- like, I think a 40th anniversary show. Oh my God, if you've never seen that, it is amazing. And it's the same thing where it's it's actually when Okada first won the belt, it might be his first or second defense. I can't remember when he came back as heel Okada with with Gato and you know, and Chaos was a heel group at the time. And so it's the same match where it's like, oh, this guy's not going to win, but he gets the hope spots and stuff a little bit. And there is a few parts in here where Okada kind of has a surprise look on his face. But the key is it doesn't matter. It's the crowd. It's the crowd getting behind Yoshihashi and chanting his name. And it's it's like it's got to be pretty cool for him. But uh, I don't care. He doesn't get many uh, opportunities to wrestle Okada because they're in the same faction. So I have to I have to agree with you that. But having a chance to wrestle Okada uh, was probably a big thrill for him too. Yeah, and 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 he showed up for it, so good. Yeah, I wish he would have won. That would have been funny, you know. But Okada, <laughs> Okada ain't letting that happen. <laughs> it's not happening. So maybe go to, maybe go to, but not Yoshihashi. So no. anyway. <laughs> Luke, the main event of our night seven of the G1 climax is the champ himself. One of just five guys, Sonata versus Kato Kiyomiya. And this is a big deal match because it's a Noah top guy, should be a top guy versus the top guy in New Japan. This is a measuring stick type match. And the crowd knows it. The, um, you know, there's a bunch of people in the crowd with these like glow sticks that are green you know and, green. and that is noah's color so they either brought them from the noah show or kato kiyomiya was selling those and he made a fucking shit ton of merch that night so good for him either way but oh, uh this is this is a big deal and before the match even starts there's just massive kato kiyomiya chance you know the crowd wants him to win but they also love sonata so this is really fun so here at the beginning kato he uses mat wrestling and it's all fucking cool ass shit super fast reversals and more and more of stuff like that. Uh, Kato gets a drop kick and the classic arm drag into the arm bar deal. And it's beautiful. I love watching incredible wrestlers do the like universal spot and the like arm drag and just simple moves. They always make them look so awesome. And that's what we got here. So he works the arm for a bit and hits a monster tope con hero over the corner. It's awesome. It's like he doesn't go all the way. He kind of goes to the right a little bit of the corner because that's where Sonata's at. You know, it's not the Myron Reed over the actual corner post, but it's a monster dive and it looks awesome. So then we get uh, more really fast reversals. They run the ropes and it's tremendous. And Sonata, um, he owns this exchange, sending Kiyomiya on the outside, plancha, ear point. Then he's like, you know what? I don't like this Noah guy very much. I think I might need a little extra to slow him down. So magic screw (laughs) on the floor off the apron. (laughs) That finally slows him down a little bit. And that's great. So Sonata gets his moonsault skull in thing, but um, 
Keita Kiyomiya, he gets out and flips kind of like doing a double stop right to Sonata's leg. I don't understand the midair adjustment in that to like just precisely kick the leg without kicking the leg and just actually hurting a guy. That was that. I mean, that whole match is worth watching just for that little thing. That was amazing. So Sonata, guess what? Fuck your leg. That's what we're getting here. There's a top rope drop kick to Sonata's leg and Kato Kiyomiya puts on the Muda style figure four. It's great. It goes on for a long time. We hear 15 minutes gone. And I'm thinking, no, Ow. no, six, seven minutes gone, you know? No, it's yeah. crazy. This flies by. And it's weird. We'll talk about a- another match late, you know, later where it's like five minutes in and we're like, how can that be? But for the opposite reason, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's wild, man. It's wild. This The, the time you, you just, I don't know. It's, I guess they say time flies when you're having fun. Well, it also warps time when you're having fun so anyway i was just sitting there and i'm watching this long hold and i'm thinking you know this hold's going on to and then rope break <laughs> which i thought was pretty funny um and sonata he tries to flip out of a suplex attempt but lands on his leg staggering him and and they they call back moves and they that they begin with what was this i don't know what this means but they Oh, they they do a bunch of moves, I guess, and they start with a tiger driver for Sonata for a double down. He kips up and sells his leg a little bit. TKO for two. Really crappy airplane spin skull in. He needs to quit doing that. He tries the mood assault, but his leg is ouchy. So he drops to one knee just in time to see Kato Mia's knee hit him for with a shining wizard. It's awesome, but Kato Kiyomiya's fucked up. He can't get to the pin. The timing on that was superb. So we get tremendous reversals. It's New Japan heavyweight shit going on right here. Kato Kiyomiya, he gets a Tiger suplex and a Tiger slam-like sort of thing for two. Um, They're running out of time, though. And we get another TKO from Sonata. He hits a Shining Wizard, deadfall, but no counter roll-up from Kato Kiyomiya. And then there's like 30 seconds left. O'Connor roll with 30 seconds left. And Kato, he counters for... uh, his own like two count and then there's a shining wizard with no time left and sonata gets the pin with two seconds left tremendously time match i thought this match was awesome and it had no dead spots except for that what like split second that i was like this holds kind of going on for too long no it wasn't it was right on time you know and um after the match i do have to mention we do get the john hatfield special which is putting your opponent over on the mic after you beat them this guy, let's hear it for the kid. You know, Sonata does that shit. It's great. When I when I first watched this match, I was like, oh, that might have been. They're going for Deadpool there, and they just ran out of time. But in hindsight, I'm just like, no, these are two, these guys are like two students of uh, Keiji Mudo, so they're gonna pull out all all the Mudo stuff to to beat the other guy with the Shining Wizard. I feel like. That's probably maybe even kind of a bigger deal than maybe hitting Deadfall or uh, or, or whatever. So I kind of like that, especially since like Sonata, if he was going to win, I kind of wish Kato won. I like Sonata and his title run, but I was hoping like, hey, I, I couldn't beat Okada, but I beat Sonata and I got maybe they want to focus on the Kato Okada uh, thing and not have Kato you know lose the title match to Sonata later on down the line. That's fine, but yeah, so. I was a bit conflicted at first about the uh, ending of this match, but uh, 
I'm wrong. Like, I feel in hindsight that Shining Wizard finish was probably just a, a little bit more uh, some kind of kiss that I won't say out loud. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a chef, chef's kiss and, uh, you know, potato bangers and mashed or whatever. <laughs> also, you know that they spoke about this before the match. Let's get cl- as close to 20 minutes as possible. So that's going to be a little difficult. And I feel like they managed to pull it off. And yeah, Sonata, I'm really enjoying his time run. And you're right, 15 minutes, 15 minutes past. I'm like, what? The match just started. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's wild, man. This one zips yeah. on by. And I, you know, big part of it's the crowd, too. That crowd at Kurgan Hall is fucking insane and yeah. we're gonna get more of them luke because we're back it's night eight we're back at kurgan hall same crowd same insane people same commentators kevin and chris on the call and uh this show opens up with evil versus hanare and you notice <laughs> we haven't said we haven't said aaron hanare in a long time i don't know if we will ever again so just saying but uh Seems anyway like he's just going by hanare now yeah you're right yeah yeah, and um, you know, and he's got st- we got stuff to talk about with him now. And before, you know, when we're ragging on somebody pretty hard, it's because they're not giving us anything to talk about. So we're making up our own shit. You know what I mean? So And our standard default like, is make fun of guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As you know, and we hope you make fun of us as well, because it's a fun exactly. thing to do. But anyway, here we are. Evil versus Nari. It is uh Kanamar Gambit in the aisle from Dick Togo after Evil comes out alone and it's so funny man because oh that is that i like this match a lot it's really funny so because evil comes out by himself and then we see dick togo almost do a fucking um what's the what's the guy that falls down that's famous for falling down in wrestling and uh he's the shock master he almost does a shock master because he tri- almost trips on the curtain on his way out and you see him and all of a sudden he hits him with a chair Oh my God. It would have been so funny if he fell. That would have been great. So anyway, that's it's either way. It's funny. So evil beats up Hanari. He takes him into the crowd to the West sign, but Hanari comes alive and he slams evil right into the sign to the delight of the crowd. And some fans got some amazing pictures of this where they're like right there. And like Hanari's face is a blur, like coming at evil. It's there's some great pictures out there from this show tremendous so they fight all over the place and dick togo helps evil of course there's a great moment when hanari fights them both off and the crowd just absolutely every person in that crowd is chanting his name how cool is that man i love it it's great you know part of that's evil and part of it's just the amazing you know way that hanari's improved and and become something it's awesome i love it so there's a really awesome exchange in the ring. It's never as fucking evil's bumping hard all over the place. It's tremendous. Um, and then uh, Hanari gets Olaid and charges into the corner, fucking his neck up, right? Darkness falls for two, but high knee from Hanari. Rampage tackle. Hanari gets his headbutt in for two. Hanari punches the seat off a chair. So this is great. So Dick Togo comes in the in in the ring and he's gonna hit Hanari with a chair. Hanari punches the seat and they've been gimmicking the chairs where the seat will fly off. So the seat goes flying off, but Hanari's arm goes right through the chair. And Dick Togo's like, fuck. But it's just a ruse so the evil can low blow Hanari from behind and get the win. <laughs> I love that. I thought that was fun. Yeah, I like it too. 
uh, <laughs> it's a lot of Kanemaru gambits in this tournament, uh, and they can do it because uh, you know they can. Hanari's on two, but unlike a Hudasuju or Renderito, who I feel like a low scored, Hanari's on two, but I feel like I don't know. I feel like he he's at ten points in my heart. Like, oh, he's just absolutely crushed this G one. This is the uh, he's been looking great for quite a while now. Uh, especially from this year. Like, he was good last year and stuff too, but especially from this year where he was in that series, that's those series of matches with Shingo have really helped him and kind of propel him. And, man, he's just fucking awesome. He seems to have it all together with his moves. He's he's not in a rush to go from move to move. He knows how to do a move, take your time, pace yourself, do all that kind of stuff. He knows how to hit hard. He knows what he's doing. I feel like it's all come together for Mr. Hanare, and the only thing that needs to come together now for him is he needs to. They need to put him in a some kind of feud for some kind of gold. That I don't. I don't. I, I'd want him to win. I don't care if he, he doesn't. I just want to see him have a title match. Hey, uh, that's nice. You're like you're yeah. like. It's okay if he loses for some reason, you know. But I like, don't know. Maybe I'm like that with. Win. Interesting. Maybe I'm like that with never guys. Because I see Hanare as a never guy, and I'd like to see him wrestle David Finlay more than I would Tanatonga. That's for sure, because I've seen that. But never guys, I feel like if you beat the never guys, you fucking earn that shit. They made yeah. you earn it. And it's usually like, more of an even type match, too. Yeah. You know, like, like it's usually much more even and less like, like this was a heel face match, obviously, this evil versus Hanare, but it, it you know, it felt kind of never there towards the end and that that worked out and evil got his fucking ass kicked so absolutely did evil win yeah but he got his fucking ass kicked big time you're right <laughs> <That's great>. <laughs> <laughs> well luke um there were these uh you know it's very hot in japan right now as it is in the united states which is ridiculous right now um and so I guess uh, the night before, Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton had joked about how they were going to be topless. Because remember the whole topless thing? They had joked around, oh, well, we'll be topless because it's so hot. But then they said maybe they just wouldn't wear pants. So I asked Kevin Kelly on Twitter if he was wearing pants, and he answered me on the broadcast and said my name again. I heard them say Drusifer tweets. Yes, I heard them. Uh, that was pretty cool. And that's and obviously that automatically makes this one of the all-time greatest shows that Andy's ever watched, and uh, I can prove that even further by talking about this D-block match. It is <laughs> <It's> great. <laughs> it's Hiroki Goto versus Alex C. Now I know we rag on this guy a lot. His his matches are pretty generally pretty solid to good. Uh, Goto, I mean, is he is he like really fucked up? Like, is, is there something wrong with him? Because he's had a couple short matches, and that's not usually Goto style. So usually he's got this kind of persona of powering through it and just like battling it out, and he overcomes and he, he'll get a win, right? But I, I feel like he's injured, so they've kind of worked around. But then he's taken jackhammers and stuff. So how injured could he be? Maybe he really likes the hotel in, that he's got in Corican or something. I don't know. <laughs> he's tired. He's, you know. he's tired, yeah. I'm Tanahashi. I'm never tired. And Goto's like, I'm the opposite of that. He's like, I'll be in the spa with the naked old guy. Yeah. I mean, I've already had 20 energy drinks, so I'm still tired. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's a short match. I'm not saying it's a, it's a bad match. I'm just saying it's not common 
to have short go-to matches. And uh, I know you're like, good, but come on, man. A nice, good 10 to 12 minute in a G1. I haven't said anything. Match. Yeah, I know. I just, I just know you and your attitudes would go to. Anyway, Alex, this match starts and Alex throws him into the railing. Fucking hard. Yeah. And I'm like, holy shit. So uh, maybe this this kind of match being short is part of the story because Alex Cog, the android just fucks his shit right up. Alex even giving uh, Goto a front side tongue and massage. So uh, I thought that was fun. <laughs> I like that. Dude, here's my next note. Alex whoops Goto's ass, and Mr. Guy must be really happy with that. Uh and if the match is going to be short, here's how you work it. Goto's got, I don't know if it's real or in quotes, a rib injury. So absolutely destroy those ribs because you're, you're, you're a war dog. You're war ready, man. Just fuck your shit up. So he does. It kind of ties all ties together and a gnarly looking jackhammer. And I'm like, man, that's the perfect finisher for a dude like Alex Coughlin. Yes, I did it. And not only that. We get to see him get a major win over a New Japan mainstay. So, fuck yeah, good on him. Yeah, I mean, this this tells us a couple things. It tells us that this feud's going to continue, right? You know, the, him and Gabe Kidd versus, uh, versus Yoshihashi and uh, Goto, that's going to that's gonna continue. And so I'm not mad about that, you know? I, no, I don't mind. I, that's, I think, a, a big part of the G1 is continuing existing feuds. And we're seeing a lot of that and that's fine. You know, I love that. It's, I mean, we will talk about more of that later in this, this night, but um, I also just got to say that like commentary, giving me a shout out, confirming they are wearing pants and then go to losing, getting his ass kicked. I mean, I'm on cloud nine heading into this next match. You know, it's good times <laughs> for me. I was off this day, off of work this day too. So like I had a, it's an appointment at around 10. And then after that, I had nothing to do. So I knew I had a nap in my future. So I was fucking fired up. And here they mention your name and Goto loses in five minutes. I'm like, yeah. Oh, fuck. I better go buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> <laughs> well, next Luke, we have a match that is one of those ones. You don't want to see this, but man, it's when you see something like this, it really will, you know, give, make you respect the wrestler. So here's what happens. It is Shingo versus Mikey Nichols, right? Two guys, one guy who we know is never as fuck and one guy who is proving to be never as fuck in this tournament. So the crowd is chanting for Mikey right off the bat. I mean, like they, they're like, listen, we're going to chant for you, Shingo. Relax. You are Naito's friend, in fact. So, you know, we... <laughs> that joke is... That joke is... That joke is... So, uh, anyway, the... <laughs> So, but they're like, first we'll chant for Mikey. That's great, man. I love the intelligence of the Japanese crowd. It's amazing, you know. So, anyway, they, these guys they do New Japan never style heavyweight wrestling. That's what it is. And early in the match, like Mike, Mikey takes a move, and he starts talking to Goto. It's real quiet, but he's talking to him early on in the match. So we don't know when something happens, and we don't know when it happens, but I'm just laying the groundwork that kind of could have happened anywhere and maybe been aggravated later. I'm not sure. So, But Mikey takes it to the outside. He throws Shingo into the guardrails and hits an apron slam for a countout spot. It's awesome. you know. And also, good for you, Mikey, for actually trying to get the countout spot. 
So that's good. But he hits his like stalling suplex and he comes back or uh, Shingo comes back and gets cut off a few times. Um, when he gets his big comeback, he's doing his like real good shit. And man, it looks incredible. You know, he's doing his real fast, like lariats in his fucking, you know, stop and punch guy and hitting his Yukon lariat and all that stuff. It's tremendous. So, you know, he gets cut off though with a surprise DDT for Mikey, which is the same fucking DDT that Shingo does like that same kind of surprise DDT out of nowhere. Tremendous. So I like that. Mikey hits a fucking superplex that sends Shingo skipping across the ring. Like, not like... Like he skimmed the stone and shit. Yeah, yeah, yes. And it is like a fuck you (laughs) superplex. It is tremendous. So they start hitting each other with live rounds, right? And they're just punching each other and shit. And Mikey starts bleeding from the head. And, you know, they are talking a little bit here and there. I hear Mikey speaking. I don't hear Shingo talking back, but I do see some things we'll talk about here. So Shingo kind of cheats here, too by like hanging onto the ropes, like to get away from, um, from Mikey. And then he, get, he hits a DVD. There's a uh, lariats for both guys for one, they're firing up running lariat battle. It's awesome. But here's where Mikey seems confused. All right. So he just, you know, you could tell when a wrestler's KO'd, they just, they seem confused or they're just all of a sudden there isn't that normal snap that would be on their moves. And they're kind of, you could tell not, you know, the not everything's too. Yeah, and so there's a, a part in particular where it's very glaring, where Shingo hits the ropes, and he sees Mikey's not ready for what's coming. So he stops, and he looks at him, and he's giving him the eyes. And that's how wrestlers communicate a lot of times, is by, you know, is locking eyes, and, you know, in that the timing of a head nod, or, you know, the wave, or a kick of a foot, that might be how they're communicating, and Mikey's not picking up on any of that, right? So it's unfortunate. So you know, Shingo hits the ropes a couple times, but Mikey's just kind of standing there. He's confused. Shingo gives him the eyes like the, hey, let's do this. But Mikey just doesn't respond. So Shingo kind of ends up doing this. They both hit the ropes and he basically like does like a fez press, but it's just kind of, he just grabs him and holds him down. He almost shoots on him kind of. He's just like, hey, stay down. He stays down for the three. A lot of talking during the entire match. Like I said, I hope he's okay. The match is fucking awesome. Because a guy got KO'd and powered through. And even though a few of the matches looked bad, it looked like a real fight at the end. And it looked like Shingo going, no, almost like I'm protecting you, you know, like like a big brother would do to a younger brother. And it is – I love this. And I hope he's okay. But, man, don't you respect the shit out of that? Damn. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I just remember kind of like going into this G1 being like, Oh, yeah, Mikey Nichols. All right, those matches will be fine. Solid, probably. Instead, like, man, this dude's never as fuck. Where's this fucking guy been? Holy shit. And just Shingo with the wherewithal to be, like, all right, I've got to do something to kind of, like, hold this guy down because uh, I think he's knocked the fuck out. And he's and I feel like Mikey has a bit of pride in him is to be like, I'm going to finish this match. And Shingo's like... All right, then let's finish the match right now. <laughs> yeah. I do like the, uh, the that cool superplex and then both men like DVD bombing each other and stuff too. So this is hard hitting, awesome, never shit. Uh, and yeah, sometimes people get rocked. But uh, uh, I feel like me, uh, maybe you too, I don't, I'm not 100% sure, but me, yeah, yeah, you too, and the New Japan Faithful have seen all of Mikey Nichols' matches and been like, 
we weren't sure about you. Now we are, and we're going to be like, all right, it's Mikey time. Let's do it. So uh, that's nice. Can, can, nice. Can I tell? Let me tell my TMDK story real quick. Let's just take a second, all right? So like, I I don't think I've told this before on the on the show, but I used to hang out with Les Thatcher, who is like the first wrestler ever. You know, <laughs> we always used to joke that on the you know because he is one of these old school guys, and those old school guys kind of say they invented everything you know that's like kind of how they act and so it, we used to always joke that he wrestled himself on the first show ever <laughs> so, but anyway Les is a very particular dude he's like um it, he's like if Jim Cornette wasn't a work and what I mean is is that you know Jim Cornette does his his opinions for sensationalism you know and maybe he mm. thinks that maybe he doesn't like Les Thatcher is like devout believer of some of those kind of ideals and isn't joking about it and isn't like doing it for it to be outrageous he's doing it because he believes it and so he does not say guys are good wrestlers you know what i mean he doesn't do that he's like <laughs> he doesn't give people props unless either there's someone that could like help him in the future and he doesn't want to bury them or it's somebody he truly respects as a wrestler so I used to hang out with them. We'd have lunch like every couple of weeks at Bob Evans. It's like breakfast place for old people. And we'd sit there and and he got asked to come down to the performance center once. And this is probably like 2018, I'm thinking. Could have been later, could have been a little earlier. I'm not sure exactly. But he goes down there. And I guess when you go down there, you stay with, uh, you know, a couple young boy wrestlers or some new trainees maybe for from mm-hmm. NXT. And so at that time, just I, maybe a couple months before that, the TMDK guys, Shane Haste and Mikey Nichols, have been signed to NXT. So he stayed with them. He could not stop saying good things about them. So I'm sitting there at lunch and I'm asking him about like what it was like to coach people, who he talked to and stuff. He didn't care to talk about that. All he wanted to talk about is how these guys know how to work, brother. <laughs> it <just> was like, <laughs> and like having him say that about you, that's that's. That particular sentence, these guys know how to work. That is like the ultimate compliment that he could pay anyone. And so like he loved these guys. And I've always kind of been like, I see why he likes them. Because, uh, you know, they probably work that WWE style just tremendously. You know, and and this is what probably who they more truly are. And it's good to see that now. And I, I don't know. I just had to tell that story because it's just one. I don't know if I ever told it on the show before. It's a good one. No, not only have you never told it on the show before, I don't think you've even told me typing on the show, preamble, anything. So, awesome. Fuck, that's an awesome story. Nice. Uh, The Aussie boys are getting themselves over this tournament, and uh, I couldn't be happier. That's great stuff. So, uh, (laughs) we just had a a short, brutal match. Then we had a, well, a medium-sized brutal match with uh, poor Mikey. Hopefully, he's not concussed. And now we we go to what we need, what we fucking need, because the next match is going to be, like, brutality personified. We need a fucking breather. And thank goodness for Hiroshi Tanahashi and Toru Yano. <laughs> because uh, this match, it's, it's, it's kind of short, it's a lot of fun, and it's, it's what you need sometimes between... Uh, people beating the absolute shit and piss out of each other. So Yano's ready to start, and then Tanahashi's just pointing at him. He's like, no, 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 look. Mm-mm. And you can see it bulging him, and the ref's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, come on, man. Got to get that tape. 
and then you know they find more tape and you know and the funny there's a funny joke in there about like it's wrist tape but like he wears black wrist tape but the wrist tape he's got with him is white wrist tape so you know he obviously doesn't have it there to tape his his wrist obviously (laughs) (laughs) so he moves the tape before the bell and both men yeah they shake hands because you know they're a tag team yeah during tag league and things like that and six mans and all that stuff Tanahashi, he misses a senton. So uh, Yano, Yano throws him in the, into the railing on the outside like a douchebag, making him run. And then Yano does... All right, I like Yano, but uh, there's one move in wrestling that I think always looks fucking awful, and I don't care if it's, like, mega gods of wrestling that are doing it or complete fucking shit cunts. I don't like this move. It's called the catapult. Also, Tanahashi's knees don't do that. <laughs> What are you doing, you freaking asshole? <laughs> but uh, I do like that after a ref bump, Yano's like, oh, shit, he's my tag partner, but this is Tanahashi. I'm going to grab my chair. But uh, he doesn't get to use it, and uh, he gets uh, rocked by Tanahashi. Hi-fi flow, uh, you know, on, on, on his sometimes tag partner, and Tanahashi wins. Nice, short, little fun match. I don't like the cattle pole, but... I have to admit, the fact that he's doing shit like that on a guy whose knees shouldn't be able to do like that made me go, fuck you, Yano. Also, that's funny. <laughs> I think that match, the wrestling was terrible in it, but the wrestling was awesome in it somehow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, I loved it. I thought, But it was just so funny because some of the moves looked awful, but they looked awesome. So, I don't know what to If tell. they're having fun, I'll <laughs> have fun. Mean, so. <laughs> Oh, my God. All right. So this is what we've all been waiting for here. Uh, before we get to it, we do have a little bit of information that comes in here is that Yuji Nagata joins commentary, Japanese commentary, which is awesome. And then Marty Asami also out. Coincidence? I was thinking <laughs> maybe that Yuji Nagata is going to Marty drove help. Yuji here. Well, I thought maybe he was he's going to help out at uh, Marty's Chump Bump Boot Camp later this summer, you know, and, and it's, he's going to be a surprise, like, you know, speaker and kick Marty in the face or something like that. I don't know. It could be fun. But uh, here it is. It is Ishii versus Eddie Kingston. Now, we've seen this before, right? It's always good. At least twice. It's not this typically, is it? I mean, like, <laughs> this is insane. This is like. I this is we we started this show because of this because of this kind of match you know That's right here it's it's like this is what we love this is when I think of New Japan it's this and it's amazing to me that one of the wrestlers in this match is not even a New Japan guy and the fact that they do this so well so this is the fucking you know never championship match that's what they're doing here and it is awesome so Obviously, these guys start out with a million reversals, and Eddie dodges some strikes from Ishii, and Ishii's like, okay, okay. He actually makes a face. It's great. So (laughs) they do a big, long test of strength, and it rules every second of this rules. Eddie does a bunch of moves, like a double stomp and some stuff you don't normally see from him, Um, and some, like, wrist control knees. He's, it's probably all like Japanese moves I'm supposed to know. I'm sure that there's all kinds of callbacks and stuff in this match that I'm not going to catch, but uh, maybe I will catch a few of them. We'll see. So he sells his back after he hits some of his offense, and it's like, okay, 
this is what we're doing. He hasn't even taken anything yet, and he's already selling. <laughs> it's great. So the crowd chants Ishii to his feet, and they start the inevitable chop battle. And Luke, it is fucking insane. It is. It's, <laughs> it's one of the best chop battles ever. It's up there with your, you know, your Hiromu versus Dragon Lee's. I mean, it's 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 incredible. Yeah. So um, they hit the ropes, and Ishii gets a shoulder tackle. Eddie, you know, he he's back up and he he keeps what is it? Eddie's uh, oh Eddie's back. It keeps him from standing up. So Ishii just starts kicking the shit out of his back for him. Oh, is your back hurt? That's all right. Let me kick it for you. So uh, you know, Eddie's he just called landscape and Judy. <laughs> Sorry. Eddie's up on his knees and so Ishii just chops him and Eddie goes right back down and it's great. So just like they did uh, for Ishii though, the crowd chants Eddie now to his feet. And he gets destroyed by chops. And Ishii is just brutal. He gets this insane Saito suplex. Eddie's fucked. <laughs> but he gets a boot up in the corner and hits a knee drop. He hits a bunch of chops in his corner with his like you know machine gun chops and an exploder for two. But part of this is just him getting away from Ishii a little bit so he can recover. But he can't because Ishii's right back up. It's another chop battle. It's awesome as before. And we get, uh, you know, the Ishii no reaction zoom in where like Eddie hits a chop and Ishii just looks at him and the fucking camera knows. It zooms in and everybody goes, oh, shit, you fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. great. I like it for Okada. They zoom out. For Ishii, extreme surgery. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) <laughs> so oh man um eddie he takes the straps down and the crowd loves that and so he's the first to flinch though in this uh you know in this and the crowd starts cheering him on you know and ishii is a machine here I, like ishii does not stop to sell like he does later it, it but he does so much before he stops to sell and it makes it makes everything better it's so good all right the, the like timely selling is great so anyway um i just I don't know. I'm 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 in love with this match. So the crowd, what do we get here? Okay, so Eddie, he, oh yeah, okay, here we go. So this is another thing too. So Ishii's like a machine here, like I just said a second ago. But part of that also is emotionally. So like Eddie's extremely emotional. He's he's selling big, and Ishii's selling small, you know, or not at all. And it's like the perfect straight man, you know. Uh, for Eddie's shit. So it's like the dynamics are amazing. I'm I'm stumbling over it, but it's tremendous. So Ishii, he stumbles here though. And that's the first kind of like part where he's shown any weakness here. And Eddie fires up, the crowd goes right with him. And Eddie finally knocks Ishii down at this point. And it's been the whole match. So, you know, he's throwing him around with a couple suplexes. It was the first time he knocks him down with a chop, I think, after him going down many times. So there's a big suplex from Eddie after a bunch of slaps to Ishii's face. And then they suplex each other over and over again. Eddie fires up at first, and then he does the drunk delayed cell, you know, like for a double down where they both just go down. It's great. The crowd is so insane here because this match is what we all want to see. Um, there's lariat reversals, and Eddie lands an all Japan style, like hook lariat, you know, Western lariat on Ishii, and Ishii's killed. Oh, it's awesome. Backdrop suplex for two. And then stretch plum from Eddie. I don't like when Chris Charlton calls him Dangerous K. Don't do that. There's only one person that's dangerous. It's, it's tai Chi. So Sorry, Eddie, exactly. 
But so Eddie's got the stretch plum in, but it hurts him as much almost as it hurts Ishii to put it in. So he puts it on as long as he can, and then he tries a pin, you know, but Ishii kicks out. Fucking great spot, man. Fucking great spot. I love I've that. Seen so Ishii and, kick out once, maybe twice. And I think, what, well, both times Zack Sabre Jr.? So this guy doesn't tap out, and maybe uh, Eddie knows that. So yeah, oh man. Kick, well, kick plus. He just was too hurt. It was hurting him too much to keep the hold on. Yeah. He couldn't, you know, so it, he's and, back. And Ishii, he has to bend his back. Right. And Ishii's struggling. He's not just letting him do it, you know, so it, it's it's great. So this part right here serves as a double down, too, because Eddie has to just sell because he's like, oh, I didn't get the pin. Now all that shit that I just did hurts. So Ishii hits a monster running headbutt that is one of the best headbutt cells I've ever seen in my life. Oh my it's God. so awesome. I, I, it's, dude, it's, dude, it's better. It's even cooler than that, dude. You ever seen like someone in, in boxing or any sports just do the one, two, three punch. Yeah. He's the one, two, three fucking headbutt hits him, headbutts him high, headbutts him low, headbutts him in the middle. Like in that, that last one was just like someone just, Ishii didn't get shot out of a cannon. Ishii is the cannon. <laughs> That's great. There's a chop battle again, but Ishii hits an Enziguri, and then Eddie hits one too, right? So two lariats from Ishii that are just they're the the west the Western lariat style Ishii's or style lariats that he hits. It's great. So we're getting the mirror spots. They're doing all the never shit. Uh, so Ishii fires up, and the crowd is just absolutely beside themselves at this point. There's a brain buster, but no two absolutely insane back fists from Eddie. For, and he gets a pin for two, and they say 15 minutes gone. And we're like, what? What? <laughs> How is it not Where? <laughs> How is this oh not a draw God. yet? <laughs> It's like, how is it not 30 minutes? It's so much mm. happens. So then Ishii, as he's been doing through this tournament, he busts out a move he doesn't <laughs> normally do and hits a fucking code breaker. So he hits a sliding D for two and then brain buster. Ishii wins. I didn't even remember who won because who cares? It's fucking amazing. This this is the best part of New Japan. Yeah. Dude. This is fucking heaven for me. You're right. Not only is this like why we do the podcast, it's kind of why we named it the Never Open Podcast. This is our shit. And I know some people complain about the 20-minute time limit. Well, you know, most Never Matches are under 20 minutes, so I'm happy as a pig and shit. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, this match was gnarly, and I would have been happy with Northern Lights Bomb, Eddie wins, or Brain Buster. Ishii wins, and it was Ishii. I'm kind of glad Ishii won because he, he needed some points. He's at two now. So, you know, he and this is their third match together. I think this is the best one. And they managed to do oh, it with a time sure. limit constraint on them and everything. Like, no problem. And uh, oh, Ishii, dude, like one side of his chest, like right near the sh- near where the, uh, you know, your chest meets your kind of shoulder, that clavicle kind of area. Oh, sorry, collarbone. And uh, it's just purple. It's just hamburger. And you see Eddie's, and whilst Eddie doesn't have that full-blown, like, bruising, Eddie goes to the same spot each time. There's more, like, Eddie's got a more, like, rounded area of redness, 
And that area of redness also creeps up towards the neck area because there's some spots like this where it's like, all right, we're having a chop on it. He's ready for it. Yeah, but you're not ready for it. You're not all, no one's always fully prepared for Ishii's like, yeah, I'm going to chop you right in the chest. Boom. Next one's right in the fucking throat. <laughs> and uh, ah, so fucking good. Yeah, I saw a code breaker too. I even saw Eddie doing a shitty, like, I don't mean shitty isn't bad, but like a, a shitty little double spot double stomp to just be like yeah you like that issue let's go and i'm like i don't see eddie doing double stomps what's going on here oh, these guys are gonna fucking hurt each other aren't they yep you know what I, I know no one else cares except for you and me but you know what made this match even better for me and it's probably only something you'll agree with i don't give a fuck marty asami was here to ref this oh yeah he is refing the shit out of this match <laughs> <laughs> he was awesome man. you know what i also like like uh, they barely left the ring. Right. Did they? That's, I don't think they left the ring at all. I don't think so. And uh, I was like, that was kind of a breath of fresh air. Uh, so uh, I really liked that. Now, I'm thinking to myself, man, that might be... Like, I don't think I really say things like, that's the best match of the tournament I've ever seen. I think I'm more like, that's one of the best matches of the tournament so far. And uh, Ishii versus Eddie is probably that. Uh, come come back at me when we uh, finish the uh, G1, Andy, and maybe it's maybe it's the number one pick. Top ten G1 matches. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, it's, it's one of those matches where I'm like, how do you fucking follow this? Then I realize, oh, Naito's in the next match. Yeah, this is going to be good. Yeah. Not only that, Shane Hayes has had a great tournament. I've really enjoyed all of his matches too. I like the hat trolling at the start of this match. So, uh, hey, Shane Hayes must have been really proud of how we dressed at that press conference because he's coming out with that orange top, <laughs> that bright orange top hat. I bet your Taz would have shit a brick saying, it's orange. <laughs> Complains every time some motherfucker wears orange. Shut up. Well, he, he invented orange, you know, yeah, just like Les, Les Thatcher invented wrestling. You know? so, <laughs> like, wrestlers are very... Uh, territorial when it comes to ip <laughs> so. so there's some there's some hat hat trolling to start off with you know naito fucking with uh shane haste top hat and then uh shane haste uh putting on the lij hat and then uh putting on a few moves on uh on naito and, and all great. that kind of stuff <laughs> oh, this and uh naito's like hey uh we haven't really wrestled that much before but uh look i'm not like juniors they're all fuck your legs. That's fine. That's a junior thing. Some of us heavies are more like fuck your arms. That's fine. I see you got a neck. <laughs> Ibushi's not here anymore. Oh. And I really want to torture some necks. So, Shane Haste, put your ass in a fucking brace after this. Like, because this is fuck your match for quite a while. And it's kind of Shane Haste kind of weathering the storm and trying to fight back. And he's great at it. He's He's... He's got the offense and he's got the selling and he's got a weird way. He kind of carries himself and moves like he's kind of stands in the way he moves. It's, I don't mean weird in a bad way. I mean, like it's different. I like it. It's good. Uh, he yeah. kind of does the, he kind of does the macho man thing where he's on his toes the whole time a little bit, you know, and yeah, only he's like, on the balls of his feet, ready to kick right, the shit out yeah. of you at a moment's notice. Absolutely. So it, like, uh, if uh, I quickly do a wiki search on Shane Haste and I find out, oh, he's got like martial arts background, I would not be surprised at all. So, uh, and I also feel like Naito and Haste have some pretty decent chemistry here. 
And I get to see uh, Shane showcased way better in this match than he was uh, in that weak source Goto uh, match. And I don't really call Goto's matches weak source. I think he's good to <laughs> solid to good. So, you know, I think you do too, but we just, you just don't like his face. You go, I hate your face. Uh, he even does like, I don't even know what this movie is, dude. So Shane, I don't know what to call it. So Shane Haste picks Naito up, but he's got his arms like bear hug wrapped around his legs. And uh, I think uh, either saw it on the Tweety or maybe Kevin said it. It's like he's got him high and tight. But I, was, I, I, I couldn't – it happened so fast and it just blew my mind. I was like, was that a high and tight kind of side suplex or is it uh, kind of Germanish? And then I realized I don't care. I'm just going to call it the high and tight because <laughs> it looked fucking awesome. High and tight suplex. I'm like, I like new names for suplexes and I like seeing suplexes done in the – absolute normal how they're done and i also like seeing them done in new ways kind of like this i don't see this kind of suplex done very much and uh that suplex kind of is what shane haste needs to kind of give naito uh, to rock naito and then hit this kind of choke slam bomb is that what it looked like to you it's like, like up, it's up, up like by the throat and then dance but it's a Yurinagi's yep. like slam, but he has the guy in the like uh, fireman's carry position beforehand. So it's like some kind of like half DVD, half Yurinagi type move. It's wild. It's like Shane Hayes is like, I'm going to take this part from this move. I'm going to take this part from this yeah. move and add a choky slam element to it and then do a sit down powerbomb style. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't think I've seen that move done many times before. And I see it done to Naito, and I'm like, I think Naito's going to lose. One, two, three. Naito's going to lose. Holy shit. We get a surprise win. That doesn't hurt Naito at all, because I feel like he can lose quite a lot, and it's Naito. Everyone's going to be like, Naito, Naito. And this does a lot for Shane Haste. He's looked good this whole tournament, and now he gets to look amazing by having an absolutely incredibly huge win over one of New Japan's top guys and look amazing doing it. I do like on the way back out to uh, out the back, I guess, uh, Fujita, he's strutting with uh, Shane Hayes' top hat on, <laughs> like celebrating with uh, Shane Hayes. He's wearing the top hat. So uh, I wasn't surprised that I liked this, but uh, I was surprised by the finish. It was great. Yeah, it is a great match. There's no doubt about it. It's it's like, I love this. And it was <laughs> yeah. so much fuck your neck. And man, Shane Hayes played the role so well. Naito was like, hey, I saw Goto's weak ribs. Couldn't, you know, support him long enough to fight you in a way that was uh, honorable. So I will do that. You know, <laughs> it's great. He said, no, I will do this. But um, anyway, <laughs> there's... Uh, there's really funny moment at the beginning of this. They're doing all that hat shenanigans. And so Shane Haste, he has the LIJ hat and he throws it in the crowd and Chumpy's face. He like Chumpy follows it with his eyes and his, his mouth is just wide open. He can't believe what he's seeing. That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny, man. I So this match has funny shit like that in it. And it's got, you know, some of the most like hard hitting moves you can do. So many awesome suplexes. So many, and I ah. also there was That's like I, yeah, really cool counter into Destino for the first time. It was like a mid-air counter of some kind into Destino, which <laughs> is really fun. That was cool. 
Yeah. So it's almost like this match lulled me into a false sense of security of Naito taking over and being like, this is a layup for me. Elbow, elbow, neck, fuck, neck, fuck. This is just going to be a layup. And then, and yeah. Uh, yeah. So in order to make Shane Haste look good, uh, Naito's brain mean, means you've got to take a Naito beating first. And I'm like, yep, I'm all right with that. Yep. <laughs> good way to good way to work it. Uh, I had I had, yeah. I really love this night. Uh, look, I like A block and B block a lot. I do, but I love C block and D block. So yeah, this is the you know scene. Well, we'll see this. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll tally it all up and have our top blocks. You know, top four blocks of the G1 at the end of the G1. <laughs> Guys can't wait for that. So stay tuned. But uh, next, Luke, we have a match I was not necessarily looking forward to. However. Will my mind be changed? Let's see. It's Tamatanga versus the never champion himself, Mr. No Funly, David Finley. So um, <laughs> anyway, it's uh, so we get a front facing Kanemaru Gambit from Tamatanga. What the fuck? He not only does he commit the Kanemaru Gambit, but he does the most difficult way to do it right to someone's face. And that is difficult. Right. So. He takes Finley to the top row, which just beats the shit out of him. And there's a little fake out after Tama pretends to be like persuaded by red shoes to go back to the ring. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm going back. I'm going, wait a second. And runs back up there and beats him up. I man, do that three times, four times. It's so <laughs> funny, man. When when the guy, a good guy does that, he just won't stop running back and beating him up. Even bad guy does it. It's funny, too. Anyway, I love it. So then Finley, of course, he's he's laying in wait and he throws Tama off the like second level and he and he sells his leg uh tama does when he lands so he like fucking lands on the parquet floor uh then finley yank oh this is so funny um so finley he runs over to the crowd and he wants a chair and no one's giving him their chair so he just pulls one right out from this lady and she just falls hard on the floor <laughs> so we it's were speculating like yeah, on it's what, not like what, an American audience where they'll sue these guys. It's like that lady's just going to be like, I was at the show, and then David took my chair. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. So, you know, we were speculating on what T-shirt she got, because, you know, she got a free T-shirt at least, you know, if not like a program and maybe get to meet a wrestler or something like that, because that's how, that's how that's handled, by the way. <laughs> so, chair goes flying in the ring and hits a kid. That kid's getting free T-shirt for sure, you know. So we were speculating on what T-shirt she got, and you know, I don't know. I'm thinking Master Wado, but you you said Pimpy, is that right? I did. We, we I think I settled on like uh, I think I said Hon Mania, but I'm like, no, oh, that's actually, oh, that's what it was. Yes. I'd be I'd actually be happy with that shirt. Like it wouldn't be my first choice, but I'm like I would wear the shit out of a Hon Mania yeah. shirt, no no problem at all. And then I was like, what would be like kind of the rappest? Oh, yeah. Tokyo pimps. <laughs> I was thinking, yo, shirt. But uh, anyway, so uh, now we're finally in the ring it's here. It's a plain white it's t-shirt. Fu- it's fucking, well, it's off-white. But uh, it's, it's, <laughs> it's it says yo in off-white, too, but you can't read it because it's the same color as the shirt, and that's art. So, um, <laughs> so back in the lane and it's in the ring and it's fuck your leg on Tama and Tama gets a really great drop kick with his foot. that's hurt for his first comeback, um, which doesn't make sense, but it is uh, Finley. He tries to cut him off, but he charges in for a really good lariat and tears off his shirt. Tama Tonga does. They do fast reversals and Finley finally cuts Tama off with the Uranagi backbreaker. And my God, does that look fantastic? 
It's it's yeah. just like that's what that's supposed to look like. My God. So Tama he gets the D- the DVD and tries the supreme flow, but knees up. All right, uh, for a double down. Finley throws Tama legs first into the ropes, which is awesome. That can't hurt anybody, and it's such a cool move, man. It's basically just a you know a body slam with the ropes like or the legs landing on the bottom rope. I mean that's a fucking killer move. It looks terrifying, and it's not. So anyway, that's a great one. Um, there's a crazy leg hold from uh, Finley as well for, for a rope break spot. Finley asked Gato, hey, you remember wrestling Don Taku? And Gato's like, yeah, motherfucker, fuck you, fucking shit, fuck. And, uh, and of <laughs> course, Gato, of course, that's how he talks, you know. And uh, so Finley goes for the Dominator, right, uh, which he had done at wrestling Don Taku when he just destroyed Tamatanga. So he gets backdropped out of the ring, though. <laughs> Awesome spot, man. <laughs> Crowd goes nuts. I love that. Uh, so Plancha for Tamatanga. He gets the Supreme Flow in the ring for two. Tremendous finish uh, reversals here where uh, Finley gets a Blue Thunder Bomb where they're trying to get their finishers on, and it's really good. More fast reversals and a fast strike battle. Rolling elbows from Finley and a spear, and they look awesome. But a Rana counter and a roll-up, Tama wins. I say fuck off, but the match is very good. There's a beatdown after the match, and Gato proclaims to everyone, we are the winners! <laughs> uh, do I like this match? Yes. Is it well wrestled? Hell yeah. I, I, I like this. I like the time we get in this match. It's great. Finley's great too. It's just, uh, this is the third match they've had this year. And it's all centered around the Never title. And no offense, Tama. Hey, I like that you're wrestling like this. It's great. I want Finley to have a different challenger, please. Like, I feel like this is going to end with Tama winning the title for a third time. And he hasn't really racked up the defenses each time he's held held that belt. Like, he's kind of almost dropped it straight away to a Bullet Club guy. And I'm kind of ready for a different feud over the Never gold that isn't Hontai versus Bullet Club. Yeah. Or if it is going to be Hontai, maybe someone else from Hontai. So I'm <laughs> I'm ready. F- I'm. Do I like these matches? Yes. Am I ready for a new feud? Yes. Am I going to say the exact opposite for Zack Sabre Jr. and Jeff Cobb? Yes. <laughs> because I'm a complex human. <laughs> and <sighs> this is Zack Sabre Jr. versus a Jeff Cobb. So, yeah, from a feud I wanted finished months ago to one that I don't mind goes on forever. One thing I like about uh, Jeff Cobb, he's he's got this uh, streak in him. He's like uh, a lot of people when they play a wrestling video game. It's like, I'm going to play as Jeff Cobb, and then I'm going to steal this dude's finisher and do all his moves. So Jeff Cobb is, is kind of like that. Everything you can do, I can do better. Plus, I look like I can't do that, so I look even more awesome. Because I, I see him do little, like, I see him kip up. And I'm like, what? What the f... Like, I've seen... Usually when I see kip-ups... I mean, like, the other surprise kip-up for me maybe was, like, when the Mac would do it or something like that uh, in, in Lucha Underground. I'm like, holy shit. So, this is just insane. This is... It might. I don't know how I'd rack these this match up in terms of their 
previous ones, but I, I would like to say that all of their matches center around this TV title. So they're all hovering around that kind of 15-minute mark. This goes for about 16. So Cobb takes a little longer to beat him in the time limit. So that's going to play into, a, a hopefully, a potential rematch. And I don't mind if Cobb beats him for the title. Zack Sabre Jr. had a great run. And, I'd love to, and Cobb also fits the Zack Sabre Jr. mold of, how the fuck do you beat Zack Sabre Jr. in 15 minutes? Well, yeah, Cobb, same thing. Yeah. So, dude, we see... Cobb pretty much doing lots of mirror stuff with Zack Sabre Jr. And it's it's flawless. Even my phone that's on and vibrate it feels like the same way. My phone's like, hey, don't forget this if you're talking about Cobb and Zack Sabre Jr. This is just absolutely amazing wrestling. And the story for this particular Zack Sabre Jr. Cobb match is like, all right, Zack Sabre Jr., this is our third match in this series or, or whatever. I'm fucking ready for you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Why? Crucifix pin bomb thing. Kick out. Uh-uh. I knew you were going to go for that, go down that well again. This match, right, this is a Zack Sabre Jr. thing, but I have to imagine it also tickles uh, Jeff Cobb's brain as well because he's obviously willing to go along with it. It's as if Zack Sabre Jr. is like, Remember when we did this part, or both men, remember when we did this part of the, of, of the match, and that's kind of where it ended? Well, let's do this variation on it now where I pull it off, but nah, you're ready for it. Or remember when we did this thing in the previous match? Let's take that spot, but actually move it in a different direction to how we did it last time. Let's do, let's just, let's just do the same, what make, that's, this match is fucking awesome, and I'm, it's just bonkers to me that in 16 minutes they managed to kind of mine everything that they've kind of done before to spin new shit on it uh, to make it not boring and just as exciting as the first time these two wrestled in their feud for this title. It's just absolutely amazing. Uh, some wrestlers just have guys that you really want to see them wrestle all the time, Zack Sabre Jr. has maybe half a dozen guys that I'd like to see him wrestle all the time. And I think, like, uh, Sonata's one of them. Uh, and Jeff Cobb is definitely one of them as well. Uh, Naito as well. You know, there's just, like, that's just marquee, sh- must-see, absolute shit for me. And this and this was just a fucking masterpiece. I also like what Cobb's doing with the um, Tour of the Islands. It used to be kind of like you do it pop-up powerbomb style, you know, right? They've got to either run at him or bounce off the ropes and run at him. He's not he, – he, he can still do that, and he probably does. But I'm seeing a lot more of I'm just going to pick this guy up and just do the move, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, like, so, like, or like he kind of like ripcords them into – or like Irish whips them but towards himself. You know what I yeah. mean? So he's got just a little bit of momentum. That's, that's kind of how he did this one, I believe. Yeah, and one, two, three, Jeff Cobb wins, uh, and it's only just outside that 15 minutes. So Zack Sabre Jr. is like, fuck, I lost, but ah, he he can't beat me in 15. (laughs) But Jeff Jeff Cobb's just like, I beat him, and I was really close to that. I just needed to do it that, like, one minute quicker. Man, this is my shit. This is one of my favorite feuds happening in New Japan right now. I fucking love it. It's amazing how we're having – 
you know, some of these feuds are continuing, like Finley and Tom and we're like, ah, we're not so hot on it, you know, and something like this, we're like, ah, oh, we're ready to see the next thing. But it's clear these guys are together. You know, they're going to be together probably, I don't know, through Wrestle Kingdom, I would think, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but they're at least together for now. And it's clear after watching this. This is one of the best matches that we've seen in the G1 so far. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what to say about it that, uh, you know, you, we could describe moves, but that's not going to tell you how this was. This was just – it's just fantastic, and you should watch it. And this is, like, if you want to see – like, I really enjoy it when a big guy does juniors wrestling, but not the juniors wrestling you're thinking of, not a dive. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about – what like what we see here headlock takeover from Cobb into the like head scissors and then he kips up like that shit you know that's yeah that's what it's exactly what i was saying earlier where you know simple moves sometimes can you know put in a different context or done incredibly well can just be is that's all you need you know and so i i don't know i really enjoyed this quite a bit um I know you don't care about points, but uh, Luke, this is important because this, with this win, Cobb is now alone at the top of his block with eight points and Zack Sabre Jr. Yes. Has six. So that was an important win for him there. So, uh, but uh, Luke, you know how they say, you said earlier, we got all these heavy matches, which by the way, that was one of the best nights of the G1 we've seen. And I know it's hyperbole at this point. We, we try not to do hyperbole that much on the show, but it's difficult because a lot of these shows I'm saying to myself, well, wow, the best show I've ever seen, you know, and it's all recency <laughs> bias, but it's the G1. We love it. So fuck off, you know, exactly. but, um, just like you say before, how we have like these big, crazy matches and then. We had Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Yano as kind of a little break. Let's let's take a little break here because uh, Night Nine still has Chris and Kevin Kelly at the call on the call, but it is at the Otis City General Gymnasium. And I looked up some one-star Google reviews, and they're pretty funny. So um, here we go. This is our segment: one-star Google reviews of Otis City Gymnasium. So our first one-star review begins and starts as follows. It is a beautiful city, but the toilet is small, and the location of the vending machine is difficult to understand. <laughs> Dude, are you imagining one of those toilets from uh, I Think You Should Leave when the fucking yes. turbo time plumbers come in and it's got the little hole in it? It only works for <laughs> Pete, you know? So, sorry. <laughs> That's great. So. Oh, man. Well, our next one is uh pretty good too and it's actually i didn't think about this but i have been to places like this and it is no bueno so this one reads those who go must be prepared because the arena seats are boards one star and they're right they're right they're boards so sitting on a uh bleacher seat is no no bueno and uh me and dean used to go to the show that like where there was bleachers we go like every six months they had a show and dude i took a cushion every time i'm not sitting on that shit for fucking three hours you know so this guy needs a cushion so i'm saying maybe he could bump it up to two stars with a cushion but uh our final one is very simple but straight to the point it reads no pool just wasted space of tax money one star I went to the general gymnasium and general gyms have pools. This one doesn't have a pool. 
I like the 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 location of the vending machine is difficult to understand. Like that is not a way I would put that, but I get exactly what he's talking about. You know, he's saying, why are they in this place? You know? <laughs> I like it. Oh my goodness. What the hell am I doing here? All right. So uh I don't mind either way. Do you wanna do you wanna start night nine or I'll start sure. starting, fuck it. Yeah, why like, don't you start? No, you are Sweet. the host of the show. Make the decision. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. It's a block. Blah. I don't know why I have to do it like I'm singing death metal, but it's shooting. All right, I'll stop. Versus Chase Owens. Uh, I really like this match. And it starts with a failed front-facing cannonball. <laughs> by Chase Owens. Come on, man. You've been playing smart this whole tour. Now you dumb. It's, he does manage. Everybody keeps trying to do it. And, like, eventually they're going to catch on, and that's all that happened here. Come on, man. You know? Come on. <laughs> he does manage a, a Death Valley driver on the floor, though, which is smart. But uh, he did fail crawling under the ring, which is not smart. Though he did re- nearly win by a countout, which is smart. This, this, this match. <laughs> so uh, he's bouncing between it at the start of this match. That's fine. Uh, and... Uh, I feel like, all right, I feel like maybe Ota was a little quiet for this match, and I don't understand why. Maybe they're they're saving it for later, but I really liked it. It was a really good solid opener. Uh, Chase still wrestles a really good, smart match. I feel like no matter what we feel of his personality and stuff, his G1's been fantastic. All of his matches have been really crisp, smooth, really good, hard-hitting kind of stuff. And, and kind of, he wrestles like a smart heel. I've enjoyed his stuff. He's in ring. And, hey, he even does a, a German for me, which, uh, you know, it's always going to get me on board uh, uh, to some degree, uh, German suplexes. But anyway, it is a package pile driver, really well reversed into a death rider. I can't, I don't quite remember at what point Shooter got his uh, nose re-bloodied. Maybe one of those C triggers from, uh, yeah, from Chase. Yeah. Right but, before that, he got stiffed, and it was it yeah. looked all, it looked a little too good, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, uh, uh, still really cool, fun, crisp opener that I, I really liked a lot. Uh, Shooter, hey, you you kind of come up him at him with the rough stuff. Well, he is the rough neck, so there you go. Heyo. he's like Hey-o. six points now, I think, and and Chase Owen is it's on. Fun. Four. Chase is okay. on four, and Shooter's on six. Out of all the youngish boys, uh, I feel like Shooter's doing the best. And he's probably the one I like the most out of, out of those three musketeers or whatever the fuck they're from Rewa or something. But uh, oh, if cool. if we add if if we had the four musketeers, uh, it, it might be Gate Kid. Don't yeah, maybe. I don't know. Don't at you. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah don't <laughs> at me. <laughs> I'm bringing the, bringing the jargon, the slams. I like that. That's a funny one. So, uh, anyway, yeah, I like that match a lot. I thought it was good. Well, okay, let me take that back. I thought the match was okay. I thought the finish was fucking amazing because, like, Chase put him <laughs> up for the package pile driver, and and somehow Shoto Umino did a flip out of that and landed on his feet and hit a quick, like, death drive rider. And you're like, what? Okay, whatever. That's what happens there. So... Anyway, all right, so this next match is really fun. It's Yoshihashi versus the greatest singer 
who sings the greatest song of all time. He's our holy emperor. His name is Tai Chi. And Tai Chi <laughs> is just the best. I, I, we haven't talked about it, but he before his matches, he has this little like fan. Like it looks like a set of headphones, but it's fan. It's a fan that goes around your neck, and he always like reluctantly takes it off before the match, you know, because it's so hot, as we talked about. So, <laughs> oh man! So Tai Chi, he tries a dangerous suplex right away, but it's blocked, and we get uh, hitting the rope strike exchange like heavyweight style. Now it's a chop battle, and it's really good. And Tai Chi, he gets the advantage after a hook kick. He fucking beats the shit out of Yoshihashi. <laughs> It's awesome. Yeah, oh, I'm so happy. And we get a few comebacks, of course. But uh, Tai Chi, he dodges a running chop in the corner and gets the insecurity. And then uh, the pants are off. Uh, big moves back and forth, but Tai Chi's on top after another dangerous suplex. Axe Bomber and Yoshihashi hits his destroyer, and it looks good. And he gets a lariat, but I don't care. This asshole crowd is chaining for Yoshihashi. Fucking. Hey. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to write my own one-star Google review. These people cheered for Yoshihashi, one star. And the toilet was small. So, anyway, we get <laughs> a I shit in it anyway. <laughs> I mean, I shit on the board. You know, I sat there for too yeah. long. But anyway, so a few near falls for Yoshihashi. Karma is countered by Gato Clutch and Gamaguri. Yoshihashi hits a big slap and a lung blower, which is wild. And uh, now we're taking a little bit uh, – now we're talking. I said a little bit before that. I don't understand what that means. But anyway, it was fucking 5 in the morning when I was watching this. So crucifix bomb, but Taichi's like, no. It just turns it into Black Mephisto. And I'm like, yes, but this actually has me worried. Because usually when guys hit their finish and don't win late in the match, it's just kind of like, oh, that's your big spot. Now you're going to lose. But no. Um, Taichi just fires up, you know, uh, Yoshihashi tries to fire up, but Taichi just kicks him another black Mephisto. He wins and, uh, Taichi has six points and Yoshihashi is at a different number of points that I don't know. <laughs> uh, I can, uh, tell you if you, if you wish to know, uh, Taichi's at six and, uh, Yoshihashi, uh, he's at four points, which is not bad for Yoshihashi. Respectable. I really like this match too. It's the kind of battle of New Japan's heavyweight underdogs. Uh, and my favorite underdog won. So there you go. I mean, I don't feel like Tai Chi is quite like that anymore. Like, I feel like he's pretty well established himself. But he still has that kind of, sometimes he still has that aura of uh, a bit of an underdog. So uh, yeah, I like this. And uh, the King of Pro Wrestling won. Don't complain. It's like, usually, uh, usually I like a, a kind of Yoshihashi win slash upset, but there's certain guys uh, where I'm like, no. You know, it's just like uh, the the best of Super Juniors where I'm like, I like you, Mike Bailey, but lose to Doki. Fuck you. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> I like you, Yoshihashi, but yeah, it's a Taichi match. You already died. Now, uh, here we go. Back to A Block. We have what is apparently a draw. Uh, people have different definitions of draws, so I, uh, yeah, I better I better get on the uh, Tweety and go. It wasn't a draw. In fact, actually, it was a countout. Uh, I'm sure uh, everyone will be happy to hear me go. Well, actually, there you go. There's my nerd, nerd voice. Uh, but uh, it is Kadokimi versus Gabe Kid. 
And uh, here's why I posit the question in my notes and on the Tweety. Is Gabriel Kidd trying to get us to change the name of the Catamaran Gambit? We play with a couple of uh, different names. Uh, a, a person on the Tweety named Siege said Kidamaru Gambit. Which, yeah, uh, that was good. That was really good. I feel like that was really good. And the other one that was also really good but not punny was your one. What was it? Uh, the the fuck you gambit because that's very gay kid you know fuck you middle fingers shit i don't remember i don't know if you often don't remember these tweets you know because i'm on autopilot and and i'm I'm paying attention though um but but it's like a bullet club thing though to do the canamar gambit i mean they were doing it oh yeah you know way back in the day that was tama tonga did that like uh famously where he had the newspaper up and he you know, remember that one? And he scooted across the floor and attacked somebody. So, I mean, I fucking, it's a it's a bullet club thing. And I'm glad that Gabe Kitts keep oh, the uh, tradition alive, you know. It's it's definitely a uh, you know, a bit of a trope, a heel trope. But uh, I, I don't know, like Katamari was like the first person I noticed that did it every single match of his tournament and thus <laughs> making everyone in the tournament look that little bit sillier the later the tournament went on because I'm like, you know he's coming. Up oh, there he is, and you weren't ready. At least, at least, at least one wrestler or two wrestlers in this tournament has been ready for Gage Kids bullshit at the start. So uh, there, there is that. But uh, all right, so here we go. What does Gage Kid do? Yeah, it's a it's a Kitamaru Gambit. There you go. Uh, he jumps Kiyomiya, and Kiyomiya gives him gives his ass like a chair tope or something like that. I'm like, what? Kid manages to whack Kiyomiya with a chair, and uh, the ass pops off it. So I really like these gimmick chairs where <laughs> it doesn't look like they hurt too much when you hit people with them, but they have that really nice pop-off pop effect. So I like it. Make it look like it hurts. Just don't yeah. hurt each other, especially with uh, head stuff. So I really like that. It's a way of doing a brutal chair shot with that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, back in the ring now, the bell rings. Kid pins Kato Kimi for two. Man, this match is fucking awesome. Kid is being physical as fuck until he just goes a little bit too far. It wasn't like, hey, <laughs> all right. You want to stiff me? Fine. I'm I'm Kiyomiya. I I work in Noah. I can stiff you back. It's fine. You want to go hard? Let's go fucking hard. I'm a Noah guy. So they go hard. But, uh, you know, Kato Kiyomiya's like uh, slumped into the the corner. He's getting wailed on by Gabe Kidd. And Gabe Kidd just fucking spits on him and goes, fuck you. Fuck Noah. Fuck you. And then Kato Kato Kiyomiya's just like, yeah, you're fucked. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh so the crowd boos gabe for being an absolute dick to kato kiyomiya like that but then when kato kiyomiya gets up fires back in the corner and spits on gabe kid crowd boos and i just burst out laughing and it's very new japan crowd because what happened when kenta made his return to japanese wrestling oh he's in new japan new japan fans are like you're a no guy fuck you now, that's yeah. died down a lot now because they did the smart thing, made him a heel, put him in a ball club, and it's worked. Uh, and I'm like, I love New Japan the most out of all of the wrestling. You do too, Mr. Guy. We both do. You still are like, it's like the taco girl. You can like 
both. You can still like uh, Kato Kiyomiya, everyone, and still boo the Gabe Kid Hill. It's fine, New Japan, but I still found that reaction funny. I'm the face getting my comeback. Boo! <laughs> and Gabe Kid gets a comeback, and the crowd's like, yeah! <laughs> but then he's like, fuck you! And then they go, boo! So it's, uh, it's a little bizarre, I wish, yeah. But I, I, I really, I still really like it. But uh, both men kind of not only like wailing each other, they fucking see blood now. They see blood. blood. Not literal blood, but, you know, they're out for it. And they just start fucking beating the shit out of each other and beating the shit out of each other. And then it falls out to the outside and they just brawl and brawl and brawl. Now, it sounds like I'm being a bit complaining about it. I'm not. It's awesome. They're physical. They're, it looks like some points I'm like, can you two calm down? Like, you've got more matches going. <laughs> like, I want you to look like you're hurting each other. It's like, I feel like these guys are fucking kept. Do I hate each other? What's going on here? Uh, there is a count out, and I'm not mad. A block seems to be the block for uh, different finishes, and I think it worked in this case. Like, Kato, I feel like Kato could have probably fired back and won, but he kind of saw blood and they're besmirching his promotion and all this kind of stuff, and he just fucking laid an ass whooping. But after the counter, Gabe Kidd kind of, like, he gets the upper hand and he poses in the ring where they all cheer, and that's when he goes, fuck you, and then they boo him again. I liked it. It's a good match. Oh, it's awesome. This is like like three-quarter shoot towards the end there, you know? And it's like, (laughs) oh, my God, they're, like, fucking really going at it. This is tremendous, man. I, I... Every time Gabe Kid wrestles, he makes an impression, and he brought that, like, insane violence out of Kiyomiya that's in there that we really haven't – I mean, we've seen a little bit of, but we haven't seen it like this yet, and so that's that's what we want from him. We want to see this, like – because you – like, a lot of Japanese wrestlers, like the pretty boy Japanese wrestlers, I guess you might call them, like somebody mm-hmm. like Ibushi or someone like Kiyomiya, you look at them and you go, oh, my God, they're these this beautiful person. But when, like, the best part of those kinds of wrestlers, like Tanahashi, is when they get insane and just become extremely violent because you know that's in there. And when we get to see it, it's like, that's what we want. You know, what? like the Japanese crowds, a lot of times they're there to see milestones, right? You know, and sometimes that milestone might be something as simple as that time that uh, um, Shooter fucking got a you know, his face all bloody and went insane versus Zack Sabre Jr. The first time he went crazy, you know, that's a milestone. And so we got to see Kiyomiya go insane for, you know, not the first time in New Japan, but one of them. So that was great. Ah, that was good. So next we have a very, very slow pace match. It is Great Okan versus Tonga Loa. It's not bad, but it is really, really slow pace, which is not a problem. The, the match we had before is a very fast paced match. And these are two, you know, big, big guy type wrestlers. So it makes sense. Um, Great Okan, he takes the advantage with Matt wrestling and maybe Tonga Loa has the power advantage kind of, you know, so Great Okan, he tortures Tonga Loa with leg holds after um, chatting him up on, or what's that say? Oh, cheering him up on the outside. That's what it says. Uh, Tonga Loa almost wins with a sunset flip. And this match is a very, very slow pace, as I mentioned before. But the fun part of the match, uh, finally, they just start hitting suplexes and power moves, and it's awesome. That part's great. 
They both fire up after big moves on each other. Great Okan gets his cool over-the-shoulder arm drag, and then he gets hit with a spear from Tonga Loa. Boom, boom, boom. There's a great part where Great Okan hits an elbow drop on the back of Tonga Loa's leg, which is kind of like the way it gets to it's awesome. But ape shit out of nowhere. Boo. Great Okan eliminated from the G1 this year by Tonga Loa. Disappointing. Sorry, I'm just I'm trying to let my silence speak for itself, but it doesn't make good audio, does it? Uh, look, I think I prefer the last, the previous two Tonga Loa matches that I watched. This isn't a bad match, but it, it's still kind of soul-crushing that Greater Khan's G1 was ended with ape shit. That's <laughs> <Some> bad news. <sighs> so you... Might have put me in a nah, it didn't put me in a bad mood for Hikale Yoda Suji up next. I really like this match. Maybe at this, maybe when I tweeted about it and I thought about it initially, I was like, really? But then I feel like I would have done that either way because uh, I'll get into it. But it is Hikale versus Yoda Suji. I really like how Yoda handled Hikaleo's size more than I liked how Ren Rita handled it. Not to say both, not to say Renz was bad, but I feel like Yoda kind of worked in combos. Hit the legs, hit the middle, hit the top. Hit the legs, hit the middle, hit the top. Hit the middle, then hit the top, all that kind of stuff. Those kind of combos in very... See, I see Ren Rita, he's great. He's, he's definitely got a style that's reminiscent of Shibata and all that kind of stuff. I can't, like... You, you, you might be able to answer this better, but if someone said to me, like, what's... Yoda Suji style, I'd be like, it's Yoda Suji style, dude. Yeah, I feel he's like, the high-flying high heavyweight power guy. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like the way he chopped down Hikaleo was different and interesting, and it gave this match a bit of a differentish flavor than uh, some of the other Hikaleo matches, which maybe you and I felt were a little bit too, all right, Now's, now's the time for the outside spot. Now's the time for the power slam spot. Now's the time for this spot. I feel like Yoda Suji tested Hikaleo a little bit in terms of like uh, maybe match pacing and putting on a match and all that kind of stuff because uh, I think I feel like that maybe if that's the Yoda effect, I kind of like it because uh, Hikaleo, I think, puts on one of his best matches this whole tournament and he managed to to get a hard-fought choke slam on Yoda Suji for the win. Like, I also like how uh, Yoda would try to take him down. Like, he's sitting on the corner, and he kind of kicks, gets uh, Hikaleo down on his knees, puts his legs on the other side of Hikaleo's thing and does that kind of, you know, uh, yeah, curb stomp style. thing. Yeah, I mentioned yeah. that in the last match. That's a really cool yeah. move he's doing in the corner there. And Yoda also figuring out, like, interesting ways to fuck up Hikaleo's neck, and then Hikaleo using his size to be like, you're not doing the traditional curb stomp on me, bitch. Uh -uh. That kind of stuff. And I'm like, yes! <laughs> incorporate more of this kind of big man shit. I, I, I like I like set, all that kind of stuff, but incorporate a little bit more big man stuff and all that. So, yeah. I enjoyed this match. Now, a part of me is just like, oh, Yoda's only on fucking two points. What are you doing with this guy? He's got all the tools. And then I thought to myself, but what if Hikaleo had lost this? I'd been like, <laughs> this guy beat Jay White. 
What are you doing? Yeah. So I push everybody all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I want all the guys I like to do well. Oh, I, I kind of like people flourishing and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm too nice. Except for Tom Lawler. No. But, uh, <laughs> No, that was a, that was a good match. I, I enjoyed that a lot, and uh, the crowd in particular enjoyed that one. They were hot for that that match, man. They they wanted both those guys to do well, and I think they both did. So it was pretty good. Next, look, we have ELP. That's El Fantasmo versus his former like uh, faction member Kenta. So you know, of course, there's a little bit of bullet club shenanigans at the beginning, and Kenta keeps taking a powder. So ELP just hits a huge dive on him. Not a problem. You're going to take a powder? No problem. I'll just dive on you. That's great. So they fight <laughs> <laughs> They fight into the aisle. Uh, ELP hits his moonsault off the, t- the uh, guardrails, and it's really cool. And he, and he does the baby face, Ota, you know, like basically he's saying, come on, yeah. You know, but <laughs> you, you can also say the town name, so he does that one. Yeah, you know, he's doing. He's funny. going. Yeah, cheap pop. Exactly. You got it. So Kenta, he hits a back body drop on the board, uh, meaning the bleacher seats, and uh, there's a DDT on the bleachers. Oh my God, ELP's bleeding from the head. <laughs> I hope he knows what he's doing. Man, that is insane. So Kenta is like, <laughs> okay, um, you're not in Bullet Club anymore. I'm going to kill you. And he does attempt to do that. So ELP, um, he he teases that he's gonna climb the entrance too at one point, meaning the like the like bars that hold up the entrance. He was gonna climb up <laughs> the the scaffolding, but he, like thank God he didn't do that. That was stupid. So, um, but uh, anyway, so Bushi did something like that, and he got banned from that arena for like years. Yeah, yeah, that's you can't do that. So, so. Um, DDT on the floor right by the entrance and Kenta goes back stage and he gets a kendo stick and man poor Marty Sami he is of course the ref here and he gets chomped out so many times in this match I mean whether it's Kenta just pushing him and and like Marty going flying away or it's just them you know both cheating right in front of him they it's just it's a little too far but that's New Japan so Marty gets chumped out, and Kenta fucks ELP, ELP up with whatever is close at hand, including the kendo stick. ELP uses the kendo stick himself and fires up, and they do a big slap fight on the outside. Um, I feel like, that. did I miss the... Uh, no, here it comes. Okay. So Kenta will kill you, though. Uh, this is a bad idea, you know, picking a slap fight with uh, him because oh. Kenta is, you know, that's his thing. So he does that, but... A desperation, sudden death from ELP. And ELP's like, oh, we're going to go up on this table. And Kenta's like, cool, bro. I'm going to DDT you through it. But it's a Japanese table, so it doesn't break, of course. And uh, that's... Only your head's going to go through it. Oh, man, that is very painful looking. And so finally, Kenta gets in the ring, and Marty says, okay, and the bell rings. <laughs> Just like that. And, they're both, and, and, like, you know, it's funny because Kevin Kelly is like, that's the worst call that Marty's ever made in the in his entire life. And so there's a GTS, but no, it's countered by roll up and ELP wins. And Kevin Kelly goes, best call Marty ever made. He's the greatest ref of all time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was a, the whole match was the finish as far as the match itself. But all the fighting on the outside was just awesome. Extremely violent. ELP again. High effort. Tremendous. I wonder why they, I wonder how they how they organize a match like this. It's like because it's not Gato going, you guys got thirty seconds. It's like 
Uh, you guys have a roundabout, however long this match takes. And maybe one of them goes, let's just brawl out on the outside, walk in, then just do the finish like that. I don't know how they do that. Don't need to know really. It's, it's just kind of, I feel like ELP and Zack Sabre Jr. kind of, kind of like that. How do we do this a little different? How do we stand out a little more? And, uh, I think like they always manage it. Like and and I feel like they they go that extra step, extra mile, maybe because they're both two guys in Japan and you know they want to be over and like be a success in the companies they're working in, and it really shows. And yeah, Kenta's a really perfect foil for this kind of stuff if you want to do it like that. So uh, yeah, really well done stuff. I dug it. And then um, then we get like the last two matches. And I know everyone's probably going to say, like, uh, yeah, I can't miss this. Millie is great. Well, yeah, it is. But I really liked Sonata versus Renna Reader, too. So, dude, I feel like Ren is – I'm saying foil a lot now, but I feel like Ren's a pretty decent foil for Sonata. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a guy like Sonata who's crisp and smooth as silk. And he's Ren who – has he can do moves perfectly, but he doesn't do them smooth as silk. If that makes kind, of, if that makes any kind of sense, uh, he's got a bit of a rougher edge to him, so he's he's gonna kind of bring that out in Sonata. Another thing I like is when Sonata was starting to use Deadfall in was it uh, the New Japan Cup? No one had that scouted, so he could just hit deadfall from the uh, normal deadfall position and hit deadfall because no one's going to see this coming. No one's got this scouted. Well, that's changed, but not hasn't changed heavily, but it's changed to the point where like you'll get like uh, Ren and Yoda and others kind of like dodging that initial deadfall. But guess what? Sanada is so good at what he does. It's not like uh, Yoshihashi hitting the karma and he has to put the wrestler in the exact same position first before he does karma. Mm. You know, Sonata is that kind of wrestler who can be like, oh, it's time for me to hit deadfall in this wrestling match and I'm in this position. That's weird. Oh, well, that sounds interesting. Does it, you know? Just like perfect, wonderful movement. Might be one of my favorite Brendan Reader matches in the tournament as well. This is his time against the champ, and he just fucking goes for it. Oh. Man, seeing him hit like a perfect bridging German suplex pin on Sonata. Come on, man. That's my shit. <sighs> and it's a Sonata match. So Sonata, and if you're a champion in New Japan and plus Sonata, you're going to take those, take pretty much any match you have and just kind of ride it as close to any form of time limit that you can. And uh, so most of his matches, except for maybe Hikaleo and big man matches, should never be too long anyway, you know. Uh, but all of his matches have been, like, over 16 minutes, closer to the 18-minute kind of range. So I know there are only 20-minute time limit matches, but he's putting in the time. I can see why they decided to, like, push him, put the belt on him. Like, he's handsome. Everything he does just looks fantastic. I think I just had to come around, you know, because uh, I was a bit... <laughs> And that's fine. Like, hey, everyone loves Okada. And it took me years to be like, I think I love Okada now too. Sometimes it's the personality or the stories or where, what position they're in or what faction they're in. Anything can change in an instant, as Yoshihashi would say. 
I just, I, I this, when this match finished, I was just like, yep, Deadfall Sonata wins. That's how it should finish. I want another one. So I almost was like, man, what if Ren won? We get a rematch of this. I would have liked that. But Ren's young. Sonata's not that old either. They'll have plenty of times to have many more matches of this quality, and I can't wait. Really good. Yeah, I thought that match was really good too. It was like uh, we've complained in the past, I mean, just whined endlessly about how Sonata's moves sometimes can be so slick looking that they don't look like they hurt. Ren is a little more rough around the edges and he's not as smooth like that, you know? And so like this match is a little sloppy at times, but in that way that make things look like they hurt more. So it was, it was, yeah. I don't think it was a great match, but I think it was good. So, uh, and, and, you know, the main event is supposed to be the biggest deal on this night, but I, I really like this. This is like, you know, as good as it get it gets wrestling style, but man, I was kind of more excited for, I like great gate kid and Kiyomiya took me to places. I didn't know I was going to go, you know, Yoshihashi <laughs> versus Taichi was just a beat down and that was fun. ELP versus Kenta was something different. So like Will Ospreay versus Okada is something we've seen before. And I think they've done it better. But this match is also awesome. So, you know, we have a slow start at first, and Okada tries his rope break bullshit, and Will just, like, springs into action. He gets a bunch of fast offense in, but Okada cuts him off with a huge flapjack, and, like, Will goes up absolutely massive for it. So, you know, Okada's got his, like, thing he wants to do. DDT on the floor, of course. Then another one. Then a DDT in the ring for two. Okada just wants to, like, ground Will and slow the pace to a crawl. And it's tremendous. So there's a bunch of uh, nasty strikes from Okada. And Okada's about to get his I'm a bitch running move. Uh, but Osprey dodges and hits uh, hits the ropes for a handspring, like uh, that spinning kick he does. And it is like perfectly timed. And it's, uh, it's just unbelievable. So there's a springboard forearm thing. And he tries to win with the RPP. And Master Wado is sitting there on commentary. Poor Wado. But uh, anyway, Okada, <laughs> he, he grabs him and, and yanks him off the top rope. So there's a Falcon Arrow for two from Will. Big chop from Will, and Okada goes down. Liger Bomb is countered by Okada's wraparound neckbreaker doohickey thing for a double down. There's a big strike battle, and they mix up all their great strikes, and it's really cool. Oz Cutter, but Okada catches Will and hits the first Rainmaker of the match. But it's like that one... It's not the full Rainmaker. It's kind of like the the thud red the three quarter. Yeah, yeah. yeah the so, three quarter maker. There you go. Three quarter maker. That's pretty good. I like that. So, uh, Os Cutter and Okada drops kicks Will out of the air, which is just awesome. But then there's a lot of this too. The only like, I mean, I am just picking nits here. So just take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> but there has to be more ways to counter the Rainmaker than dodging. Just saying, like ducking under it. Just saying. There's got that, that happened like seven times in this match. I feel like it's probably like. Remember when Yoshihashi ducked under it and he got mushed in the face because he missed? Yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, he uh, will he responds by dodging the rainmaker and he gets the liger bomb that he had tried before. And I thought to myself at this point, why isn't Okada using the money clip? He's been like fucking uh, dude's neck up the whole match and he's not using it. So they fight up to the top rope. Gotcha sucker cutter or Tower of London cutter, you might call it, on the apron from Will. It's awesome. 
and they get it we get a double count out kind of t spot and will gets back in first okada gets in at 19 and man again they fuck up the camera shot this shot works so much better if it's on hard cam and we see will come flying out of nowhere with the coast to coast but no they keep doing that that long shot where you're like you're staring at him already up on the top rope and commentary is telling us he's about to hit it so we know it's about to happen i just i like it so much better when he comes flying out of frame anyway he hits coast to coast it's great um so and and i really like that but um anyway where are we at here so will he goes for another rpp but after an os cutter but okada rolls away finally he hits the money clip for a long rope break but there's big chance for will he powers up but okada hits a slam over his knee kind of weird thingy and squeezes the money clip even tighter and and that squeezes more chance out of the crowd it's pretty cool there's a second rainmaker and another money clip at 15 minutes gone and it's gone like very quickly will he he kicks um okada off the top rope to the floor and okada rolls it oh no okada kicks will off the top rope to the floor okada rolls him back in and runs uh, right into a spanish fly that was cool that was like camera work on that was tremendous so there's a uh, landslide but no hidden blade from behind it's really neat counter there's the bulldog pin from okada for two drop kick landslide Okada's going to win this, right? He wants to finish Rainmaker style hidden blade though from Will, like where huh. he he like pulls the pulls him into it. It's so neat. And uh, Stormbreaker and Will wins decisively. That's good for him and that's that doesn't that's that's good. This feud will go on forever and it's one of those like Tanahashi versus Okada type situations where it's just these guys got each other's number and you never know who's going to win. So I was really excited to see will win that one. Um, he should have won and Okada fucking put him over huge tremendous night. Absolutely. I really like that ripcord hidden blade right near the end. That was fantastic. Uh, were the things that maybe excited and tickled me more in this match? Yeah, maybe was this match still absolutely fucking incredible. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And see, I still think this is a surprise finish. Why? Because Okada's in the match. And it's always a surprise to me when Okada loses. Because how many times have we, have as everybody who watches New Japan been like, it's Okada versus such and such. The other guy should win this. Lol, Okada wins, right? So it still feels like a big surprise to me when Okada loses. And I, I don't even care if it's under 20 minutes, under 30 minutes, under 60 minutes, all that kind of stuff. Beating him at all. Is huge. Uh, so, <clears throat> yeah, I know he's won before, but yes, they made a big deal about him doing it clean. Uh, I don't think Jay White ever beat yeah. him clean, but no one gives a shit about that. Uh, Jay White <laughs> whooped his fucking ass for, before he did it too. But he was an absolute heel, whereas um, whereas Osprey maybe at the start of when they were establishing the Empire was heelish, but uh, they're not a heel group anymore. No. Not really. Uh, they're, they're absolutely very facey. I mean, see Catch 2-2. Uh, Hanare seems like a face to me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so this was this was awesome. Uh, I said I said to you, like, if, if Akata loses here, uh, wins here, then I don't think anyone's going to beat him ever at this tournament. So it was nice. Nice to see him uh, you get, you get taken down in under 20 minutes like uh, that hasn't happened many times and i feel like yeah, it uh, has. yes it has it, it we has established last yeah, week that's that right. it has happened many 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 times however in fact 
you know. Jay White did it the most. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, yeah. but I do have to say that, you know, I don't have, we don't have time to go into this as a big long diatribe or anything. Cause it's, it's, we've already gone quite a bit and talked a lot about wrestling, but I, you know, I have to admit I was absolutely wrong about the time limit affecting the booking. It's part of the booking. And I, I just thought they were just trying to speed things along, but it's part of the booking. I was wrong about that. I'll, I'll go into why I'm an idiot on a a longer, you know, time when we have more time, but, uh, but Luke, um, our next show either, I mean, we might have a one show episode coming up because we're headed to dolphins arena and then we got time between (gasps) that one and then time after. So that's fucking awesome. Uh, some of the matches that we will see that night main eventing is Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Goto. Um, but also we <laughs> will see things like uh, TMDK versus TMDK, Zack Sabre Jr. versus nice. Shane Haste, Ishii versus Evil, Alex C, <laughs> Alex C versus Naito. Interesting matchup. I find that interesting. How about this one? Eddie Kingston versus Mikey Nichols. Uh-oh. Who's going to die? everybody <laughs> um yano versus jeff cobb and then hanari versus finley which is also a fascinating matchup all right yano's on zero uh cobb's not lost yet now's the time to pull out a two yeah. minute low blow. Yeah. Uh, good call now two things i want to bring up uh, before we wind it down Mr. Andy. I won't, I won't take long i promise one is you've mentioned the camera angles a couple of times do they have a new cameraman slash producer and uh, can we fire that person and bring the ld back uh, and it's lastly, somebody from strong they, they brought somebody over from strong oh god <laughs> maybe they brought the strong person over to train them and then instead they've taken over and it's like no <laughs> but uh a uh just uh, to say that i did it uh, let's go. Uh, let's uh, do a, a quick one down over the scores. We won't dwell on too much. Uh, I don't, I, whilst I might complain about them a little bit, I probably care about them a couple of notches more than you, but you don't really care about them all. So it's fine. We still got to mention I mean, them. I do now. Now that we're into the tournament, I kind of care who has what points. I, you know, I don't care at the beginning because. Yeah. Why? Why? It doesn't matter. You know, it only matters. It's like, <laughs> you know, like like uh, I like to watch baseball, but, you know, I'm not really care who wins until like halfway through the season because it's fucking 162 games. You know, I can see that. I can see that. So uh, we got a block here. We will well, start from uh, bottom to top. We got Ren Reader on two. Yoda Suji on three. Hikaleo and Chase on four. Gabe Kidd on five. Yeah. Uh, Shooter Umino and Kato Kiyomiya both on six. And Sonata, the only man in the G1 that's hit double digits. Nice. On 10 points. Uh, we've got B Block now. Great Okan on two. Well, this next one will make a little bit easier. Yoshihashi, El Phantasmo, Tongaloa, and Kenta all on four points. Taichi's on six. Okada and Will Ospreay are on eight. On a C Block. I think I prefer doing it this way than saying it at the end of every match because I'll just forget. But uh, okay. on C, yeah, I can just do it at the end of the scores. But uh, C block, we've got uh, Ishii and Hanare and Mikey Nichols all on two. They don't wrestle like they got two points, these three motherfuckers. 
Shingo and Eddie Kingston are on four. And Tamatonga, Evil, and Finley are all on six points. So C block is a bit more of a hard fought kind of uh, block for points. I see. We've got uh, D block now. We've got Toriano on zero, which is kind of bizarre to me. But that's definitely going to change as he plays spoiler in the next few rounds. I bet you he'll end up with a baby four to six points, maybe. Uh, Alex Coglin. Hey, I said it. Whoa. On two. I didn't even think about it. Very proud of you. I don't even know if that's uh, right, though. So. Damn it! Uh, Shane Haste, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Hiroki Goto, and Tetsuya Naito are all on four points. Zedis Chase on six. And the man at the top of the D block, which means he has the biggest D, is a Jeff. A <laughs> cop. <laughs> like that. Uh, I just thought I'd throw that. That's cool, man. You know, well, we did it, Luke. That was a three banger show that we just fucking got through there. Um, And, uh, you know, I'm happy to uh, have accomplished that feat. However, I have been up since this morning and I watched the show this morning and I am going to die if I don't go to sleep. So um, I just I, I have nothing left. I've given it all. All right. Well, you've kind of preempted my final question, and now I'm confused how to end the show. So I'm just going to pretend you didn't say that last part and say, <gasps> unless Mr. Guy has uh, anything that he'd like to add. Oh, wait, he doesn't. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, no, we trust. <laughs>